Blog Talk Radio. Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Yes, welcome to another Big Fake Radio Show. Joining me as always, new Larry, Kevin Jank. Let's go bag ourselves a ding whopper. Yes. <laughs> as we are wont to do. Not a lot of choices also, of quotes from this, this one. Yeah, we'll talk about this movie in a minute. Uh, also joining us this evening, my spiritual advisor and personal attorney, Tuffy. Yeah, I forgot to pull a quote for this one. Yeah, they're really. Uh, here's the thing. Tuffy picked a movie for us to watch this evening called Forbidden World, yeah. and uh, it, it is another Roger Corman production. So that seems to be <laughs> yeah. uh, in our wheelhouse lately. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. But this movie is almost uh, like it wasn't great or anything, but it was like too professionally done to be laughed at. You know, it was like it seemed to be yeah. like they were caring. That's <laughs> true. Some of the effects weren't bad, like, and it looked like an actual movie. Like, the directing and the acting, I think, was levels above what we usually experience in these films, but, uh, you know. But it was a Robert Coleman movie, so we had two ladies taking a shower together. Yeah, yeah, that was that was nice. And one oh, of the ladies, yeah. particularly, was something to, you know, that was something. <laughs> oh, my God, another, yes. <laughs> another Golden Quesadilla nominee. Man, this race for the Golden Quesadillas this year, holy hell, is it going to be tough. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it's going to – I don't even know. Who's, I, I can't predict at this point. The obvious will be everywhere. It's up to the yeah. academy. Well, the votes are going to get split so much, it's just going to end up being Donna Spear. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I will go the way of old Larry if that happens. Donna <laughs> <laughs> Spear. All right, so anyway, yeah, we'll uh, talk about Forbidden World. I always want to say Forbidden Planet. Well, that was something else, right? Was that something else? <laughs> Forbidden Planet? I don't know why this thing was called Forbidden World, because it really didn't have anything to do yeah. with them going to a world that was bad. Oh, they all they fucked it up themselves on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But Forbidden World, and then uh, Tuffy and I, will go to, we have to recap WrestleMania then later in the show, because uh, there's a lot to discuss sure. there. Um, I watched some Midnight. Yeah, Morgan I put together a uh, Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, that was something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, In honor of that, I put together a a wrestling-themed Top 11. Oh, well, that'll be exciting. Yeah. Well, do you know enough about wrestling to come up with 11 things? Like, what did you do with 11? Well, I mean, Hmm. it's it's wrestling-themed. How many of the numbers are Alexa Bliss? (laughs) None, actually. But. By the way, Jake, uh, word on the street is uh, the reason why she wasn't involved in anything at WrestleMania is she's getting married to Ryan Cabrera this weekend. <laughs> oh, uh, that's a little weird because, I, I mean, I guess she scheduled her wedding intentionally after WrestleMania so she could be on WrestleMania because, I mean, Carmella and Corey Graves are on involved in WrestleMania and they're, they got married like <laughs> yeah. yesterday. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> She had to wear that stupid kind of, mask for it. It's still kind of weird how she wasn't involved in anything, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. 
So I'm guessing she won't be around for a while yet. Maybe uh, Money in the Bank. She'll come back. I don't know. That's in two months. So I don't know. I thought I saw some article saying, like, Alexa Bliss had tweeted something saying, like, oh, i got to start raising hell at WWE so they put me back on or something like that. Like, the squeaky wheel gets degree, so I'm going to make the most squeaks. Something like that. People were saying, where are you? And she, like, gave the little emoji with the shrug, like, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, who knows? But uh, I hear Lacey Evans is supposed to come back tonight as well, maybe. So, let me see. Yeah, big fan of Lacey Evans. Anyway, we'll talk wrestling later. Uh, Jenk, would you like to tease this wrestling uh, list at all or save it for a big surprise? All right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anything else going on in your world, Kevin Jenk? Not a damn thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> I'm always waiting. Here's the problem. When you have a radio show with uh, three shut-ins and people that don't like anybody, it's tough to have uh, stories to tell. At least Larry would have stories. Like, he would interact with humans throughout the week. But we seem to all avoid people. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> I mean, I interact with people every day at work, but... Oh, that's right. Yeah, not very often. Work, I try to hey, try to, to hide in the office as much as possible. Well, what's an average yeah. day at work for Kevin Jank? What's that like? Walk us through it. Uh, <laughs> very uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're nice on some fights? payroll. Maybe doing some sales tax. All the hot spots. Do you have your own <laughs> office? Or are you in like a cubicle or like a, a big room with a lot of other people? Or? Yeah, actually, I do. I've always had technically my own office here. Um, although when I first started, the office was basically the, the computer server room, so it was ungodly hot and very noisy. <laughs> <laughs> what should we put with? What should we do with Jack? Shove him in the server room. Tell him it's an office. <laughs> He'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was fun. But luckily, after about a year and a half or so, uh, they they built a new office basically for me, and uh, now I'm in there. So that's good. Wow. <laughs> How long have you been working yeah. at this place? Uh, since about 2018. Oh, all right. I have no idea what year yeah. it is now, but that sounds impressive. <laughs> you say 2018. <laughs> well, uh, is since I'm like the accountant, I have a lot of things that you know you don't want people seeing. So uh, social security numbers and stuff. So I have to be in some kind of an office, not just like a cubicle that anyone can get into. Be secluded. Uh, all right. How many <laughs> Funkos are in your office? None. They're all None. safe in my apartment. Wow. I thought you'd have your desk yeah. decorated with some Funkos or something. Yeah. <laughs> I should buy some doubles, yeah. Because if I'm me. ever in an office uh, setting and I have a desk or an office, there's going to be an Oscar Funko somewhere on my desk. It's just going to be there, you know. <laughs> well, you've got like twelve of them. I think you could spare one. <laughs> well, what do you, what do you have on your desk? <laughs> Pictures of family? Do you have anything decorating the desk? No, no. I've got so much shit on my desk that there's no room for anything else. <laughs> <All right. laughs> a lot of different pens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so did you watch any movies or anything this week? Nothing? You know what? I started to watch Death on the Nile, but I was like, this ah. sucks. <laughs> I gave up after about five minutes. <laughs> Is Gal Gadot in that? Yeah. Yep. All right. Gal Gadot. 
Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the Murder on the Orient Express one that Kenneth Branagh did, and I don't know. I don't really like his version of Poirot. Not my cup of tea. No Columbo. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, did you ever so watch the, uh, the David Suchet ones on uh, PBS? Like, those were great. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Perot and not like it, someone else playing Columbo, right? Because I was like, if someone yeah, no. another, I'd be oh, very God, upset. If they reboot Columbo with like uh, fucking Jacob from Twilight or something, I'll be very upset. <laughs> <That'd> be <crazy. laughs> yeah. Colum- well, I, I think if they reboot Columbo, I would have to play Columbo. Oh. Yeah. Now that I'd watch. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Tuffy, how about you? You would definitely Anything be making week? up Mrs. Columbo. There would definitely not be one you just see in, in the basement. <laughs> Tuffy, anything this week for you? Uh, no, just uh, I feel like the uh, road rage around me has increased this week, driving to and from work. Wow, that's not good. Uh, All right. Like uh, one day I was driving, pulled up to a stoplight, and there was one person – pointing their finger at the window of the car behind them when I got there. So that was uh, <laughs> interesting. I was, I was uh, driving to Giant Eagle two weeks ago, driving home, actually. And this car, uh, I'm in the right lane, car in the left lane, and, and uh, apparently they just never saw me. And they just started gradually, like, drifting into my lane. So I just, mm-hmm. like, I, I thought they were just, you know, goofy or what? So I just, you know pulled over a little bit to let them and here they just kept coming they just came right into my lane and they didn't know like we were parallel pretty much and they just kept coming. so i just like slowed down and let them get in there but like i don't know what they were doing like it's not like they were ahead of me and didn't signal they were like we were side by side pretty much yeah and i was like, like how do you miss that i was like, like wait, what uh, what happened I, I didn't even um, – I, I know I should have been irate or honked my horn or something. I just – I don't know. I just don't care. I just said, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was really – Maybe people get so used attention. to working at home during COVID that there's, like, now that they're back in the world, they don't know what to do with themselves. That's what it is. But, like, if I wasn't paying attention, that would have been a horrible crash <laughs> just because this person just – Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, yeah. So that's why I only go to Giant Eagle once a week. Because otherwise, you're taking your life in your own hands. You can't. Oh, well, yeah. Sounds like even that one time. Is, yeah, you might have to cut back. Once every three Yeah, so yeah, nothing else going on here. I did a whole bunch of nothing. Still doing the pull-ups. Uh, still exercising. Uh, but it's, it's been raining all week, so I haven't been able to shoot hockey. Every day it's been raining. And then I hear tell it might snow again this weekend. And that's insanity. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. snowing here a little bit right now. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm hoping next week the hockey season can resume. Um, what else is uh, happening? Uh, I did not watch any baseball. films, I don't think. Yeah, baseball started. Jank, you love yeah. baseball, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have not watched a baseball game in six years. I want to try and keep that streak alive. Uh, yeah, it's probably about two years for me. Definitely haven't watched since uh, pre-COVID, I would say, because who gives a shit anymore? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, although I did hear, I didn't see anything on the news about this, but I did hear tell that the Pirates lost nine nothing in their season opener. So it's nice to see they're still uh, doing good. 
Go Bucks. Yeah, at least yeah, the Cubs are uh, trying to see if they can be worse than the Pirates this year, I think. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, that will be. <laughs> oh. Should have a race to the bottom. Yeah, it's going to bet on Meanwhile, the Cubs owners are trying to pay like $2 billion to buy a soccer team in England. So God knows we don't have the money to pay Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. <laughs> Well, you can have that soccer team in England to be excited about. Yeah. Uh, any other big sporting news? Uh, hockey season still going. This is a hockey show. I should mention that hockey season is still a lot. Hey, uh, we might be getting uh, <clears throat> one step closer to LCS Hockey no longer being a dead website because after a year of trying Ooh. to uh, contact him, Ziffy finally responded to me via email. So they are Ziffy. Yay! <laughs> Ziffy sent me an email. <laughs> Hey, yeah. <laughs> you're back in the good side. He finally responded to me. <laughs> so uh, he, he says, that, I don't know, something the server's hosted with GoDaddy or something, and GoDaddy changed some shit around. And it's, and, and so I don't know. Um, I, we're going to try and figure it out. But, of course, at this rate of progression, I should hear from Zippy again, maybe, you know, 2024. <laughs> 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 We're yeah, we're inching closer to uh, figuring out the website. <laughs> but uh, so, if you get it back up, are you going to start writing articles again, or no? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it would be nice to see it. You know, actually work. That would be nice. Yeah, because <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Because you know, I could get like a job writing hockey somewhere. Like, hey, do you have any evidence that you're a hockey writer? Well, here, go to this link. Oh, it's all dead. Yeah, yeah, it won't work. <laughs> Everyone tries this. <laughs> that doesn't look good. So uh, might need to get it active. Um, hey, maybe we can, uh, if I get the site back up, we can, uh, I was going to say, uh, do something to post the Golden Quesadilla winners every year. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Archive. That'd be nice. That'd be some good pictures for sure. <laughs> Now, is yeah. there going to be, like, a voting committee for the quesadillas this year? No, it's out of our hands, Bobby. It's the Academy. It's the Academy. No. Uh-huh. We don't have okay. any say in it. It's the Academy. They yeah. reach the out Academy to are all, like, intravenous like, drug uh, users. They make no sense I get banned for 10 years for picking Cherry 2000 or something that I haven't received my ballot? <laughs> yeah. It's, well, we're not, you know, none of us are in the Academy. It's like, uh, you know, very influential oh, people. Right. You know, yeah. Hollywood, the, the Illuminati and shit. And they, uh, Roger Corman. Yeah, yeah. And, and they pick the winners. I just communicate the winners to the world. You know, <laughs> it's out of my hand. So don't blame me <laughs> when you see Donna Spear. You're just the mouth of the Academy. <laughs> and the Academy is the human centipede. <laughs> That's right. That keeps feeding you uh, the answers. <laughs> so, uh, Donna Spear, congratulations on your golden quesadilla. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, we can get to the big uh, movie now. Nothing else to discuss. Tuffy, you picked this one. Yeah. Would you like to uh, tell the kids why you picked Forbidden World? Uh, it was on Tubi, and when I checked the parental guide on IMDb, <laughs> it said the nudity was moderate, so... That seemed like a good one to me. <laughs> yep. I guess it was, there's like That's one really spectacular scene, and then there's one other one. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I there's like two or there's three three good scenes. I would yeah, say. there's three really good scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
All right. not afraid to get naked multiple times. Uh, this film uh, came out in, let's see, what year is this? 1982. And it's basically a ripoff yeah, of Alien. Yeah, Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the beginning, I thought it was going to be another Star Wars ripoff, but nobody yeah, turned into an Alien ripoff thing. pretty quick. Yeah, they faked me out with the Stormtrooper helmet that they got from the knockoff <laughs> Star Wars collection. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, we mentioned that later they kind of go to Tatooine and they're all kind of dressed like Tuscan Raiders a little bit. Yeah, so it tries to be that. a little bit of both. Well, we did mention this is a Roger Corman production, so a lot of the special effects and pretty much all – I think I read all the production elements of the movie except for the jumpsuits that the ladies wore um, were from other films, including Battle Beyond <laughs> the Stars, which we watched. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I saw on Wikipedia that some of the footage was was borrowed from Battle Beyond the Stars. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe some of the space <laughs> I don't know what. Stuff. Yeah, that's, maybe that's, that's uh, the think of. Yeah, the opening when they're shooting all the spaceship stuff. Yeah, the lasers. So the director here is Alan Holtzman. Holtzman, no T. And uh, he began shooting without a script with these directions from Roger Corman. Quote, you have four days to write, produce, and direct a seven to eight minute opening of a space movie. I'll give you an astronaut and a robot. And you need any inspiration. I've always wanted to do a version of Lawrence of Arabia in outer space. So, yeah, that's not what this is at all. But uh, No. <laughs> not even a little. But it is a sci-fi fantasy horror film. And uh, I guess it took 20 days to film. So, you know, that's pretty good, 20 days. And when they when they uh, previewed it for an audience, uh, an audience member started laughing at one of the scenes. Roger Corman smacked him in the head and told him to shut up. <laughs> oh. And then keep my movie's name out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> that's right. So then I guess when Corman was exiting the theater later, that same person uh, poured a drink over his head from the balcony. He dumped his drink on him. Gave him the treatment. (laughs) Roger Corman. But he was outraged that people were laughing. So they cut out apparently like six minutes of uh, humor from the movie because he didn't want anyone laughing at this serious piece of work. Because there really isn't too much humor in this at all, right? I don't remember any (laughs) joke. Not so much. It's a pretty serious film. Like it's pretty, pretty legit. Yeah, it's a serious, you know, type of sci-fi movie, except with you know random nude scenes thrown in with like cheesy '70s porno music. But uh, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this isn't like our our typical B movie where the acting's terrible, the directing's terrible. No, no, this is actually like a professionally done film, but you know, it's still not great or anything. But it's you know, low budget professionally. Yeah, it's not done bad. Film. Yeah, it's fine. Like, you could see this on a normal TV show, and you're like, oh, this is probably in the theaters or something. No, it was just a Roger Corman special. It's, uh, it's yeah. <laughs> so the yeah. writer here, the screenplay was written by a fellow named Tim Kernan. He didn't really do much else. Uh, but the story was written by Jim Wynorski, R.J. Robertson. But do you fellows remember Jim Wynorski? Nope. He, he was Not the director of The Lost. What was that movie, The Lost? World or Lost Zone or what the fuck was that movie? Empire? With the three girls that Lost Empire, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah okay. 
South Park. He was the director of that with the three girls that go to that island for the martial arts. Oh, oh. Yeah. nice. We, we love that, that after film. this one. Uh, well, this was just this was just the story was written by him. He directed that other one, so I can't remember. This was eighty two. I thought I remembered uh, when I looked him up. It said he had written a bunch of Roger Corman movies, and that was the first one he directed. I think. Yes, Lost Empire. Yeah, Lost Empire was the first one he directed. So um, his IMDb is not loading quick enough, but I'm looking for Lost Empire because this is very important that we get this right. We don't want <laughs> this to is the way Google things we watched four weeks ago. <laughs> Jim Wynorski. <laughs> um, Lost Empire was directed in 1984. Yes, so that was after this. That okay. Was before that, so he perfected um, the formula by then. Yeah, yeah and that's the fe- that's the fellow <laughs> that um, we went through his movie titles: uh, Busty Cops and the Jewel of Denial. Busty Cops go to Hawaii. Busty Coeds <laughs> versus Lusty Cheerleaders. We have to watch that one. I don't know. Oh um, my god, that's a epic <laughs> battle. Sexapede, a TV movie. Sexapede, <laughs> Shark Babes, <laughs> Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre. That sounds like a beat as well. Uh, yeah, so we got to go through his, his uh, wow, all his so catalog. That should be a quesadilla category too. Is like best director yeah. filmography. We got some winners. <laughs> he, he did a film called Bear Wench Project, uncensored. <laughs> <laughs> Bear Wench Project Two, scared topless. <laughs> this guy's a genius. Good lord! Oh, he got, All right, he cracked the code. <laughs> so that's what we're, we, we really have stumbled upon some great directors. Uh, yeah, yeah. That other fella. <laughs> I don't know if I can remember that other guy. Yeah, Ray. Uh, what's yeah, name? yeah, yeah. Ray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Fred Olin Ray. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yep. So, uh, all right. So that's who we're dealing with here with this film. Uh, now the cast. Talk about the actors here. Hey, uh, well, I'm looking at IMDb. It says it was nominated for three awards. The fuck could that be? <laughs> Razzies? <laughs> it wasn't that. Uh, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. The Saturn Awards, I guess. Uh, 1983. Uh, it was nominated for Best Low Budget Film. All right, I can see that. Uh, best Makeup and Best Special Effects. That's a stretch. Special <laughs> I mean, they were fine, but I don't know. I guess you got to figure nineteen eighty three, low budget, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like the the guy right, so was like melting and like splitting apart. That looked kind of cool, but I don't know if it's best special effects worthy. <laughs> yeah, the so monster the I didn't think was very good here. Yeah, no. the monster kind of looks <laughs> yeah. like uh, the alien a little bit. But he's got like teeth. Yeah, and he he's got like uh, I don't know. He's kind of like a spider as well, or I don't know. How would you describe him? Yeah, if you just had the snout of the alien monster, like inside just a fat, a big blob of fat <laughs> with tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> big blob of flat. The main character here is a fellow <laughs> named Mike Colby, and he is portrayed by Jesse Vint. Now, I didn't know the name Jesse Vint, but he was in a – I recognized him. He looked familiar to me, and he was in a ton mm-hmm. of TV shows in the early 80s, late 70s, including, like, the A-Team. And he was in an episode of The Incredible Hulk and shit. So 
I'm probably I probably encountered him somewhere along the road, but uh, I don't know. I couldn't really see anything else. Did you guys recognize him from anything? No. He looked familiar, but yeah, I couldn't think of anything particularly. Then uh, we have a, a guy named Lyndon Childs. Is Doctor Gordon Hauser? No idea who that fucking guy is, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> then we have the two ladies. We'll save the better one for last. Uh, first, we have June Chadwick. She plays Dr. Barbara Glazer. And uh, she's a good-looking lady, but I hate her haircut in this. But, well, whatever. But she um, <laughs> she was in V, the TV show V. She was oh, there, okay. So. okay. So she's, been, she's been in some other stuff. Now the main event, uh, playing Tracy oh, Baxter, yeah. was a young lady named Dawn Dunlap. Holy hell, yeah. Don Dunlap. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> big, big fan of Don Dunlap. Just her IMDb photo is amazing. You're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this movie. <laughs> She's only in, like, five or six movies in her career, and then she just, like, I don't know, disappeared. Married uh, a rich one of the, guy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, she did marry a rich guy. Um, but then I think she divorced him and, uh, not too long after. But anyway, um, oh. she was in Night Shift, the classic Michael Keaton um Arthur Fonzarelli, Henry Winkler movie. Uh, she played one of the hookers <laughs> in Night Shift. So Ooh. that was nice. Um, but otherwise, oh, she's in another movie we got to watch called Barbarian Queens. Or Barbarian Queen, I think. Not Warrior Queen. with uh my okay. beloved Sybil Danny. This one's called Barbarian Queen. And it sounds pretty awesome. And, like, I found some <laughs> website where they track these B-movies. And they also keep track of boobs and bodies for these various films. Sweet. And uh, yeah. for, Bar- for Barbarian Queen, there is like, the, the totals differ depending on what source, but there's at least like 30 boobs in Barbarian Queen. So, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Because <laughs> Sedaris is usually like in the Mind real. So over 30, it's like, I've seen some estimates as high as 42 boobs in Barbarian Queen. So yeah, we're going to have to watch that at some point. But she's in that. But Don Dunlap is in that as well. So... Oh, yeah. Sold. Yeah, she's something. Take all my money. (laughs) Yeah, she's real foxy. I think she was like 23 in this film, I think. um, Yeah, looking good. Like for the radio audience out there, uh, does she remind you of anyone? Like she's a little uh, brunette girl. Um, I don't know. Does she look – I don't know. She she had a little bit of a similar face to – was it Karen Mistral or whoever, whatever her name was, in uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes? She oh, kind yeah. of had a somewhat similar face to her. I can see that. Because yeah. that girl was yeah. something. Too, yeah. mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, Dun, Dun, Dawn Dunlap. Highly recommend doing some scholarly research on her. You'll be uh, happy you did. <laughs> uh, is there anyone else in this film worth mentioning? I don't think so, right? That's pretty much it. No. There's a robot. No. Yeah, there is a robot named Sam. <laughs> Who definitely sounded like she was a woman, but the guy called her, one guy called her like a, uh, what was it, like a robot man or something like that? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking through uh, other, the IMDb site. They say other movies like uh, this Forbidden World, and they list Barbarian Queen. So, yeah, we'll have to check that out. Uh, oh, Death Stalker. Yeah. I might pick Death Stalker 2 next week. We'll have to see. Maybe we'll go Barbarian Queen. Either one. Uh, they also mentioned yeah. Sorceress, Lost Empire. We've seen those. But they also mentioned Galaxy of Terror. And I guess that's the movie where most of the production stuff comes from. 
uh, Galaxy of Terror. They just reused it again for this. So, <laughs> if you watch this, it's almost like you watch Galaxy of Terror as well. So. All right, so a basic synopsis of this film. On planet Zarbia, with, a Z, with an X, Zarbia, an experimental life form, Subject 20, has been created by an elite group of researchers in hopes of preventing a galactic food crisis. However, when Subject 20 becomes deadly, the best troubleshooter in the galaxy is called in to investigate. That's the, that's the plot here. <laughs> but apparently it's such a tough mission that it's going to take him an entire year because they're like, oh, your vacation's canceled. Maybe next year. What the fuck? How long is it going to take him to just go in and clean up the fucking organism? <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, I'm looking at the trivia page. Uh, I mentioned how they reused the sets from uh, Galaxy of Terror. Well, the guy who designed these sets, James Cameron. How about that? Oh, nice. That's that's look legit. Uh, a Don Dunlap's character was originally going to be played by a much older woman, an ex-Playboy bunny. When Dunlop walked in on the audition for the role, uh, a day before principal photography was to begin, director Alan Holtzman pleaded with the producers to sign her for the part. <laughs> they were reluctantly <laughs> made a new contract for her. Yeah, that guy's a genius, Alan Holtzman. Good job. Yeah, buddy. what's up with those producers? <laughs> to plead with them. Um, <laughs> wow. Please put this smoking high lady in the movie. <laughs> It'll be the one memorable thing from this movie. Uh, hey, Tuffy, it says uh, there is a creature in one of the crowd scenes in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens that resembles the mutant. Sure. No. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's all the interesting facts I know about Forbidden World. So. Yeah. All right, Tuffy, how does this thing start? Uh, the uh, the fixer guy. He's off Mike. with his robot. Mike. Mike. Colby. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what they're doing. I yeah, I don't know. They're flying. He, the, I think the movie opens up with him in like some sort of a sleep chamber situation. Yeah, he's in a deep sleep. Yeah. And and they show him like dreaming. They're doing all these crazy cuts. To like things that happen later in the film. Um, yeah. These rapid cuts. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. It's like he has I guess. powers or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But then they're attacked by somebody, but I don't know why or for what reason. Well, I think it's because Roger Corman told the guy to produce an eight minute mo- space <laughs> movie intro. With a ribbit an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> so they have their fight. Yeah, so there's like a space battle. And him and his ribbit buddy, Sam, they survive, and uh, then they get, like, the call that they have to go to this Zarbia planet to investigate something going yeah. on there. And uh, that's what they do. So, yeah, the plot here isn't too intricate, and there's really not too much we can talk about, really, because there's only, like, three things that happen. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he goes to the planet. He meets the main doctor in charge of this uh, program that they're running. And uh, they're, they're concerned about this uh, this food thing that they're trying to create. And he tells them to just shut the program down, right? He's like, oh, all right, just stop it. Stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. He basically, they got uh, this organism in a glass case, and he says, all right, well, let's just kill the thing. And they say no. 
Because it uh, ate a bunch of animals in their test lab or something. Yeah. And uh, and when it, like, eats things, it turns them into, like, gelatin, right? They, like, melt. Isn't that basically what happens? And then they consume the protein or something? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that comes up until later when it's the person turning into that. I yeah, that, they don't realize that until much later. Is. But uh, there's a lot of pink throughout this like like uh, melted spam or something i don't know uh all right so he meets the lady doctor so yeah, the then, blonde uh, doctor and he meets the guy who uh, runs the program and that blonde doctor every lady at uh we got the blonde doctor named uh what was her name lucy or something chadwick and then don dunlap and every lady who sees this guy they're smitten with him because he's a new face yeah at the lab <laughs> Boy, are they they've already banged everyone there. <laughs> well, Don Dunlap has like a boyfriend. I think it's implied who gets killed yeah. at some point real early, and she gets over that real quick. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize she had a boyfriend. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying too much attention. Uh, I was busting gems. And yeah, but uh, it, it seems. So, yeah, I don't. So the fixer guy gets to the space station or gets to the uh, lab on this planet, and they go show him this organism in a glass cage. Show him that it killed all these animals, and he says, kill it. They say, no, we can't. So they go to get a bite to eat and leave one guy in charge to clean up the dead animals. And that, so that guy decides boyfriend? to open up, I think so. Yes. Okay. Jimmy or something. All right. So that guy uh, sees some stuff, like, dripping out of the thing, so he decides to open up the cage and stick his head in. <laughs> And some of that stuff like falls on his face, and and he this is a great scene because he's uh it's like clinging to his face, and he just starts flipping out, and he just starts breaking everything, and <laughs> he goes nuts. Yeah, knocking down James scene. Cameron's set. Yeah, <laughs> shattering test tubes, breaking Bunsen burners. He's going nuts. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's not like a security camera that's on in the little cafeteria, but uh, no one's watching it. Well, because the security guy's just waiting until someone bangs, and then he just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's prime time to start playing with his little whirly gig toy. Yeah, <laughs> get and later on, uh, Mike Colby starts banging that blonde doctor lady because she shows up uh, just wearing a robe and nothing on underneath, and you know, showing off the cleavage and stuff. And she says, "Hey, I heard you uh, you fix trouble or something like that, right?" And he says, "Yeah." yeah. He says, "Hey, how about that?" Uh, I give you, I make you some trouble or something along those lines is what she says. I don't know. And he's like, all right. So they just go in and they start making a sweet, sweet love. He's like, well, is Don Dunlap available yet? Is she over that boyfriend yeah. or no? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'll take – yeah, we'll go until it's time. Uh, so uh, they go in to make the sweet, sweet love, and it's quite the sex scene. Um, well, we're jumping like, way okay, ahead here. Are we? What else happens between that and this? Uh, <laughs> stimulating talk about whipped cream. Well, maybe – Strawberry shortcake. I feel like they go recover yeah. the guy's body first. Uh, sure. I feel like yeah, they find know. him dead. Because then uh, they don't know where the organism is that killed him. So they decide, well, it must still be in this room, but then they take his body out of the room, which seems unwise because yeah. the organism be on his body. Chick. Yeah. yeah, isn't the organism like inside his body or something? Or because remember they show him underneath the the blanket with the 
the blood on it and stuff. And like, there's a shot of something crawling underneath the sheet, you know. So it's like, oh, I don't know. I remember that. Yeah, um, that sounds right. Yeah, I guess the sex scene is right after that. Yeah, and it's quite the sex scene. It goes on for you think it's done, and then they go cut to something else, and then they cut back. They're still having yeah. sex. They're like. <laughs> They're still going at it, and it's like, oh, all right. Yeah, there's some uh, <laughs> some weird synth music going on, if I remember right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was quite the the sex scene though, and uh, but the yeah. security guy he's watching him on camera the whole time, and he's playing with his space yo-yo. It's like this yeah. thing he pulls on <laughs> yeah. a string. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> it's actually an object. It's a uh, thing on a string that he pulls, and it lights up. And he's just watching them make the sweet, sweet love. He keeps pulling this damn yo-yo. And then he gets up to investigate <laughs> something. But then doesn't he just go so he can get a closer look, like he's a peeping Tom directly in the room that they're in or something? And and then I think the the, the organism kills him then when he's trying to spy on them, right? Yeah, that's yeah I think right. so. Yeah. Sorry. I think now, it was uh, right before this, though, that we saw Dunn Dunlap get naked for the first time. Like, she's just all upset that Jimmy is dead. So she goes back to her, like, bedroom and just gets naked. Because <laughs> that'll make, oh, she, oh, make her yeah. feel better. <laughs> and then yeah. we see the alien kind of dripping down from the ceiling. And he kind of gets in the way. So I'm like, fuck you, alien. Move the fuck out of the way. Yeah, yeah they yeah. shot from, like, inside the vent <laughs> overhead. And they, like, refocused the camera on the vent in the goop and not Dunn Don Dunlap. But, yeah, she was wearing, like, this... <laughs> yeah. uh, like pink or orangish looking um, like jumpsuit deal and she takes that off and gets naked and then she walks somewhere um, but like this isn't the same because later on she goes into like a sauna right but that's like yeah, that's later. later yeah, yeah this, is, uh, this is in the three hours where she's still mourning the death of her boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> she's very resilient it's done done laugh my boyfriend was just murdered by some mutant organism running loose around this space base. Now's <laughs> <laughs> a good time to play with my space yo-yo. <laughs> so, um, time it is a euphemism. <laughs> so what happens after? So that guy dies, and then um, wait, wait. Does anything happen between then and, like, the sauna situation? Like, what happens in that? Uh, I think there's a scene where, like, the doctor's looking at stuff, maybe. Oh, yeah, there's also a doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, there, there's, a, there's a guy running the research program, but then there's, like, a main doctor as well. And this doctor's always coughing and wheezing and mm-hmm. stuff, and he doesn't look yeah. healthy. Yeah, very Injecting himself and... with stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and we find out later he, he gives himself the Ivan Drago. And he's got the cancer. And, and there's also, like, an engineer uh, in the station as well. Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, he died. his death is quite something later on. We'll get to that. But um, Yeah, because in his lab scene is one of the better special effects where, like, the uh, Jimmy, the first guy that got killed, like, it's just half of his skull, but he's still alive somehow. Oh. Kind of pulsing how did Dawn while the doctor looks at him. Was Dawn upset by that? Uh, that her boyfriend is half alive? Or well, she... <laughs> I mean, she still seems in mourning when she goes in the sauna, and she just kind of flips out of that grief once uh, the main guy smiles Mike. at her, I guess. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, let's just get to that scene because that's the important scene. Uh, we see her walking into the sauna, and she's again just gets naked, and she's wearing sunglasses though, completely naked, but wearing sunglasses. That's yeah. a good look. It was nice. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I like that. And she lies down on the sauna bench on a little towel, and she's looking pretty good. And then uh, Mike Colby, the guy who just got done plowing the blonde lady, he like he heard something, so he's going to investigate because he knows that that organism's loose throughout the station, and he wants to make sure everyone's safe. So he comes down to the sauna, and he sees Don Dunlap naked there. And he's like, holy hell, there's Don, Don, Don Dunlap naked looking awesome. And she, like, pulls up the towel, and she's like, hey, what are you doing down here? And he's like, hey, you know, just looking for that organism or whatever. And she's like, all right, you want to have sex? And she just, like, drops the towel and like, go at it. I mean, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they don't actually have sex. Uh, but, but she, no, like, they get interrupted before then. She was angry Yeah, they get distracted. Well, she was angry yeah, at him. Yeah, he was upset like, when he shows up. Yeah, and keep in mind, Mike Kobe, uh, he just got done having sex with that blonde doctor for like a very long <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, he might you not know? even be ready to go again yet. <laughs> because because he's got she better says, stamina than that guy in Lovelier but Deadly. Remember who couldn't? He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Lovely but Deadly. Have sex for two more days. Awesome. I do love the Lovelier. <laughs> I was a great film. All right, but uh, anyway. <laughs> So she's, like, mad at him at first, and she says, hey, maybe you should take a sauna, too. And then he says, yeah, I did have a rough night. And he smiles. kind of. Yeah, I mean, by rough night, I was having sex with uh-huh. the doctor all night. <laughs> and she says, all right, well, fair is fair. Get naked. So she just says that. Get naked. And she drops her towel. And then she goes over, and she's helping him off with his clothes. And he's like, wow, I'm having the greatest day of any man ever. This is, like, the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, this is better than going on vacation. Yeah, Sam the robot never does this good. <laughs> and then she takes his shirt off, and he's got like some scars all over his belly. And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, my job isn't always easy." And he he starts telling her about this story about how he got wounded or whatever. But she's kind of like, right away, she's like, "All right, well, I am not horny anymore." And she just walks away <laughs> and like goes lies down <laughs> on the bench on the sauna. And she looks like, "How do I get rid of this guy?" And then, um, but then the organism pops in, right? Like the jelly defied organism. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. down on her glasses or something. <laughs> yeah, like the vent up above her drips down, and she gets out of it just in time, and it like falls down onto her uh, tower or whatever. And uh, they start shooting it with laser guns or something. And uh, and then they run out of the la- the sauna and they shut the door behind them. And everyone else hears the commotion. And it, sure enough, you know who shows up? That doctor, that blonde doctor, he's just having sex with. So she comes down with the other guys, and uh, there's Mike Kobe without his shirt on, Don, naked Don Dunlap. Don Dunlap, that's a tough name to say, Don Dunlap. And uh, and they're all uh, talking, and the whole time, you know, that that Mike Kobe guy's like, please don't mention the fact that we're naked. Please don't mention the fact that we're naked, you know? And then, and then, and then that engineer guy goes just out of the blue, goes, hey, how uh, you explain why you two are dressed like that? And then that doctor's like, yeah. yeah. what are you guys doing in there dressed like that? And that, and that doctor says he was probably just showing her his scars. Isn't that right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, don't worry about that. Don't worry. We'll talk about that later. The important thing right now <laughs> is there's an organism. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to talk to you about why you're naked with that lady after we just had sex for like eight hours upstairs. What are, what's going uh-huh. on? No, no, no. There's a mutant organism loose on the base. We have to fight it. Um, yeah. Hey, he's a visitor. What did she expect? <laughs> They're gonna get married. <laughs> this is kind of like uh, 
wasn't what was that movie? Was it Ski School where that one guy had the sex with the two ladies like right after each other? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, man, these guys are getting it done in these early '80s films. <laughs> we need to make an early know. '80s film. <laughs> Water Ski School. Yeah. Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna write up a story for us. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Maybe we can get Dun Don Dunlap to be in it. I think she's 67 <laughs> now, but that's all right. I'm sure she's held up. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, <laughs> they're looking for this organism now throughout the base. And uh, they, they also well, they go chase outside it outside for a little bit. Yeah. How? Why do they go outside? Like, they go outside for something. I don't know. I think because yeah. they had uh, extra costumes <laughs> to use. But yeah. so I guess the, the organism think, left the ship, and they said, "Well, we got to still track it down." Or yeah, yeah, I don't know why they thought it left the ship. I guess it but did kind of because don't they find its shell or whatever? Like it shed its skin, but yeah, there's a cocoon out on the rocks. Yeah, this I I lost track where we were in this because it's like I, I'm. You think if it left the ship, they'd be like, "All right." No longer our problem. Let's <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But, uh, well, I guess they weren't in a ship. They were in a lab on the planet. So then yeah. um, I guess they didn't want that creature going running loose throughout the world, I guess. But it looked like that was a barren planet. It didn't look like there were people out there or anything. But Yeah. Yeah. Unless maybe it's not like the, the whole planet like that. Maybe it's just kind of like, you know, Nevada. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, fair point. Well, yeah. And, Somehow the robot like uh, gets hit by a ricochet laser while they're out shooting the thing outside or something. Was it the robot or was it another dude? And like an outfit? I thought it was the robot. I thought it was another dude, but either way, um, it, it, yeah, it's not maybe like, like yeah. Because the, the either way, who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. These people are expendable as long as Don Don Dunlap's okay. <laughs> so even though they like shoot the cocoon of this dead mutant spider thing, they're like, "Hey, there's nothing in it. I don't know where it is. Let's go back to the base." So they go back to the base, and then they find the mutant on the outside of the base, and he's just like clinging to the, the wall there. And uh, someone, I don't know who all these people are in this scene because they're in outfits, like space outfits. And uh, somebody's just standing there in front of the mutant, and they're like, "Hey, get out of the way! Get out of the way! We got to shoot that thing!" And then the mutant like jumps over their head and like goes down a vent. And back into the lab, and they're like, yeah. oh, fuck. So, yeah, that whole sequence, what was the point of any of that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because the, the monster I mean, was already in the lab. Cool when it, yeah. When the thing fell, like the ship, the husk, like fell off that mountain, it looked kind of cool, but really that's not worth all that time going out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so they go back in the lab now, and they're looking around for this thing, and uh, – they said, hey, what should we do? And that, the, the blonde doctor, uh, she says, hey, why don't we try communicating with it? And that Mike Colby fella, he just looks right at her. Keep in mind, he, he was having sex with her for like eight hours. Then she caught him naked with another <laughs> lady. And then he says to her, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> <Right there>. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite the guy. It's Mike Colby. Well, also, when the uh... – when the monster goes back into the station, because Don Dunlap is in the control room to watch them on video outside, I guess. 
and oh, the monster right. jumps yeah, yeah. in the vent, and they have to figure out where does that vent go, and it goes right to the control room. So now the monster has control of the life support systems or something. It like yeah. took over so the, their computer. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. so that, they're trying to figure out what they can do to like uh, talk it out. And isn't there a scene where oh the main doctor, the main guy who is running the the program, not the doctor, but the main guy, doesn't he come busting out of the shadows and he's all slimy and stuff like he was infected and he falls on Dun Dun yeah. Lap? Right. <laughs> he will not let yeah. go, which I wouldn't either. But <laughs> yeah, it's like he's like, if I'm going, I'm going on top of Don Dunlap, and he just falls right on top of him. <laughs> and they have to pry him off, but she's covered in goop. So what do you do in such a situation? You go take a shower with the other hot lady. So her and that other yeah. blonde doctor, <laughs> they go and they take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> you can't possibly shower yourself. Not even in the future. <laughs> yeah, Dawn's just standing there facing the camera, and then the, the like, blonde's behind her. The blonde looked way better with the wet hair because she had, ter- yeah, like, terrible 80s hair. And when her hair was wet, she looked really good. Um, but uh, I'm going to be honest. I barely noticed that she was in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> My eyes were elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, Dawn Dunlap's the star of the show. You know, let's yeah, – seriously. But it, it was almost like uh, when you see monkeys, like, picking things out of each other's hair. It was almost like that kind of a situation. Like, she was behind Don Don, like, yeah. like picking slime off her and shit. <laughs> and, and it was like a space shower. So it really wasn't, like, water. Yeah. It was, like, no water. Um, radiation or something cleaning them. I don't know. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> so, I haven't seen That's any how radiation. doctor got the cancer. Yeah. <laughs> he just took too many showers. Yeah, because when he walked into the base, remember, they go in this room and it, like, cleans them. And the light hits them. And Mike Colby even says, isn't there a cancer risk? And they just, like, scoff at him. But, yeah, that's how, I guess, the doctor got <laughs> it. I don't know. Um, yeah. So after Dawn Dunlap and this lady take their shower, then they, uh, the rest of the movie, they're wearing these little white robes. So that was a good choice as well. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, this is the a lady... good time to go confront the alien wearing these yeah. robes. <laughs> We're just no shoes. White robes, fresh out of the <laughs> radiation shower. And she says, hey, you know what we should do? We should go communicate with that animal, that monkey or a space mutant or whatever. Um, I know that that guy said it was a stupid idea, but I think it's a really good idea, and we should go do it. And Don Dunlap's like, all right, yeah, let's do that in our robes. So uh, they go in to talk to the, <laughs> the mutant, and the mutant seems all friendly at first because uh, apparently the mutant understands English. And that lady doctor, she's like, <laughs> yeah, hey, we're not here to hurt you. Human. Yeah, we're, we're not here to hurt you or whatever. And she's like, oh, all right, so that mutant – uh, he's over all these computer machines and shit, and he has these long tentacles, and he starts playing like uh, a synth rock on the computer. He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> doctor lady's, uh, you know, her what's it? Yeah, this is what I was going to ask. All right, so so the doctor lady walks over to the uh, terminal where the, because, you know, that's what you want to do when there's this deadly space mutant. You want to get as close as you well, can. The, the mutant, just uh, to clarify, <laughs> they, they're trying to grow, like, uh, food, because I guess there's a food crisis. Yes. So there's some some bacteria that replicates really quick, so they keep mixing it with other things to see if they can make food out of it. And the monster happened because there was another lady on the station who was dying, oh. so they mixed the bacteria with the lady, <laughs> and they got a half-human, half-bacteria monster thing. Yeah. <laughs> that old chestnut. So the, the, the monkey or the mutant is on the... Uh, terminal there playing the synth rock and uh the doctor walks over to him 
and she gets real close to him, and you see his tentacle, his long tentacle, uh, crawling down the terminal and uh, getting closer and closer to her, and she just stands there watching it. And now it goes down out of frame, and she looks down. And I think it's implied that he is going right up their lady business. It's definitely (laughs) implied that he's getting up in her business. And and it kind of gave her the old uh, curling iron from Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, he's taking a space yo-yo and putting it to use. He goes right in her lady business and comes right out her back, her upper back. (laughs) Like, wow. That is something. And there's blood spewing everywhere. And it's like, oh, my God. And Don Dunlap's like, hey, what is happening? That's not good. And she goes running. And, uh, yeah. She's no fool. So, so now the, uh, the doctor just got impaled on his excitement pole there. And so she's dead. <laughs> and, uh, they, they round up the other people and they come to the, the, uh, so now we're left with Mike Colby, uh, Don Dunlap, the engineer fella, the black fella, that guy, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and the doctor, the wheezing sick doctor. Yeah. And now we learn that the doctor's <laughs> yeah. got the can- we learn he's got the cancer, you know. Mm-hmm. And and he's doing uh I don't know I think does the engineer die first because yeah we gotta talk about the engineer's death scene because they're in that room with the mutant on the computer terminals and shit and they're like all right let's get out of here and then doesn't the engineer guy say something like wait something just shorted let me fix it here real quick and he goes over <laughs> to the alien then the alien kills him it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the fuck out I of the room. I think doesn't it like it bleeds its acid blood, which they stole from aliens, onto his legs or something while he's in there? I don't know. Well, yeah, they kill him. He freaks the know. fuck out. And even like Sam, the robot, gets uh, cracked by that uh, mutant guy, right? Doesn't he punch him? Yeah, just ripped in half. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, then so now we're that. just down to the Dr. Colby and Don Dunlap. That's it in the whole base. Yeah, and the robot, right? Or is the robot dead already? Well, I think the robot's dead already. I don't know. Okay. So. Yeah, so the doctor says he figures out a way to kill it. You just got to feed it his cancer. Yeah, because so he tells this Mike, is got confusing because like... – Yeah, go ahead, Jack. I was going to say, yeah, that's, a, that's a, actually a great idea, but it gets weird because he's trying to, like, feed himself to the alien. But they pull him out of there, and he's like, no, no, just like, let him have me so that the cancer can be absorbed by this thing, and, and it'll die. And they, they immediately jump to, okay, let's cut the tumor out of you and then use it instead of just you going back to the alien and letting it eat you this time. <laughs> what's, what's the yeah. need for this surgery? <laughs> yeah, so he has Mike Dunlap perform surgery on him to remove the big cancerous tumor from his liver. And he just well, has to cut Don Dunlap uh, to get morphine for him out of his room. So she's getting chased by the, the monster. Cause she left yeah. the room they were all safe in for no reason. Yeah. yeah Cause they have to do the surgery anyway without the morphine. Cause uh, it's yeah. there. Um, so yeah, Kobe hacks into the, uh, gets the tumor and he's walking around with this big tumor ball and uh <laughs> trying to take it they, to the hole. <laughs> yeah, he just shoves it in the monster's mouth. Is that what happens? I don't know. And then like the monster yeah. dies. Right? Yeah. I think it's pretty much yep. basically. Okay. I, I guess was actually it was a clever way I think to get rid of the alien. Like that was cool. It was interesting. 
Yeah, and uh, it was Roger Corman's idea, I guess, to use cancer to kill the alien. So, mm. Look at that, Roger Corman. Well, I guess it could have gone badly, and then you know the, the monster becomes like a super, you know, mutated cancer yeah. monster. And it could have been like even that, that snake in Hard Ticket to Hawaii, the cancerous mutant yeah. snake. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, at the end, the mutant dies, and uh, uh, just and then they do a weird Colby. like jump cut through the whole movie while Col- uh, Colby and Don Dunlap are standing around. Yeah, they yeah. go back to that. I they just wanted the to show those shots of them being naked again. <laughs> I think it was the same sequence when he was in a deep sleep, like that same sort of rapid cutting dream sequence okay. situation. Um, but yeah, I, I think we mentioned it, but the, the mutant was dissolving the humans. They turned into this pink goop because then the mutant eats the pink goop as a protein source. Yeah. That was like what was happening. Mm-hmm. This. But um, yeah, so there it is, Forbidden World. That's pretty much it. I think we covered all of it. Um, it's pretty straightforward little movie. Uh, I don't know. Nice enough plot. The directing was actually pretty strong here. Like, there were some interesting shots, yep. I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this, this is a th- terrible This is film. a tough one. This is, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's not good enough to be good, but it's not bad enough to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have Don Dunlap. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd probably give it, I guess, it, uh, well... The Don Dunlap gets an extra point, so I'll go seven. Oh, he's going to go six. Yeah. I'll go seven. Forbidden World. I Jank, think I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're spot on. Don Dunlap gets most of that, <laughs> and then yeah. the special effects get probably one or two out of there. So yeah, it, it's definitely <laughs> worth watching just to see her though, because she's special. So yeah, yeah. go watch Don Dunlap. Um, Forbidden World. Oh. And uh, now we have yeah, to we Barbarian can... Queen. Yeah, I, I was going to go Deathstalker 2 next week, but maybe we'll go Barbarian Queen when she's in that. And we can enjoy Dawn Dunlap again. So I think that was her first film. <laughs> and she's like 21. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, all right. So uh, anything else about Forbidden World? Uh. No, I think we covered it all. I guess it was kind of cool to even uh, mention it, how, like, the monster wants to basically do the same thing that they were doing. Like, it's trying to create an, you know, an unending food oh, yeah. source by having it replicate the, yeah. the things break themselves down and then keep replicating. So I was like, oh, it's kind of ironic. Yeah, that is pretty good. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. And there's some good ideas here. There you go. And it's on yeah, the TV. Yeah, obvious alien ripoff by Roger Corman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. Uh, yeah. Next week, let's just make it official. We'll go Barbarian Queen next week. We'll live it up. Oh, all right. Sold. All right. I watched episode two of Moon Knights. Um, it's more of the same, same situation we talked about last week. Uh, although this week he does get the uh, Mister Knight outfit. He uh, he was dressed in the all white suit. Oh. And a little. The gloves and everything. So that was pretty cool. Okay. But in the like show... like a whole personality? Well, we were still dealing with the two personalities, Stephen Grant and uh, Mark Spector. Now, in the books, there's a third one. Jake Lockley was the name of the third one. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if that guy shows up later or not. But uh, 
so far it's just Stephen Grant and Mark Spector. And then at the end, by the end of episode two, Mark Spector takes control. The mercenary guy, the tough guy. Uh, but in this show, he can just summon those outfits. Like they're mystical outfits. Hmm. So they, they just appear on his body. That is not – is that how it is in the book? I mean, that, at least in the old days, that's not how it was. I don't think so. I don't remember yeah. that. So that I never read too much guy, of the night, but that his, his girlfriend who knows him as Mark Spector, she's telling him, summon the suit, summon the suit. And he's still Stephen Grant. He doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. So he summons – he imagines some suit, and I guess he summons that Mr. Knight outfit, the white suit, because that's what he pictures a suit should be. Um, so, yeah, I don't <laughs> – that seems different in the books. I'm just going to put that. Yeah. Uh, here's the it other thing about does. the Moon Knights that kind of uh, soured me on it a little bit. Uh, I this Oscar Isaac guy, he's really good at the acting and whatnot, but sure. he's wee tiny. He's another one of those uh, Jeremy Uh-oh. Renner fellas. Like I didn't recognize how small Jeremy Renner was until about episode three of Hawkeye when he's standing next to Haley or Haley Steinfeld there, and I was like, holy fuck, is he a little fellow? Same thing with his Oscar Isaac. They list him at 5'9", but you know his shoot height's probably like 5'7", if you're listing at 5'9". So he looks very small. <laughs> and I didn't notice it in the first episode, but in this episode he's like standing next to a, like a normal human security guard, and he looks like a child. It's kind of like an AEW wrestler versus <laughs> a WWE wrestler. I'm like, what is happening here? And so it's kind of tough to buy him as tough guy Mark Spector Moon Knight when you see how tiny he is. It's just like, oh, all right. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's that it gets weird if he's trying to beat up like you know eight guys you know like yeah. i'm not buying this at all no not at all <laughs> um they need to get some big strapping men to play these parts not children but uh whatever. yeah i should not be bigger <laughs> more, more physically intimidating than marvel superheroes you know <laughs> i'm <laughs> i should not be larger than moon knight <laughs> so i don't know yeah Ruins it a little bit, but the show is still good. Hmm. It's it's still enjoyable to watch. Um, uh, there's only the six episodes, so uh, we're a third of the way through already. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Mercifully short. That's good. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I also finished up the Agents of Shield, and I was happy with the way it ended. It had a nice little ending there, so that was fine. Um, I, I might have to weird uh, towards the end. I seem to remember shit about like there was an alternate universe Coulson because Coulson died again or oh, something. Dude, there are so many fucking alternate universes in this show. Like <laughs> oh, Coulson no. dies in this show like five times, and he just keeps coming back. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at, at some point, it's just like really funny. Like they because you know Shield has those live model decoy deals as advanced robots. Yeah. So they just kept bringing him back. Like they had an imprint of his brain, so they kept putting his brain into like these new robots. So he could just die, and they'd bring him back as another robot. You know? But, um, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. But I enjoyed oh it. And then right when it ended, though, uh, the next thing they suggested I watch on the Disney Plus is Agent Carter. Now, I've watched Agent Carter before, but, uh, wow, I miss Haley Atwell, so I might have to start plowing through Agent Carter. Again, <laughs> just to see Haley Atwell. Oh, big fan of Haley Atwell, so... <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, nothing else, just the wrestling. So, I did. Uh, uh, they, the... they did put oh. up um, the, the tickets for Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness went up this weekend, or, or this. I think Wednesday they went up. So I did get tickets for like Sunday of that opening week. Wow! Look at you. Ooh, we'll go see first. that. 
<laughs> Gotta go yeah. see my Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, <laughs> the movie's probably going to be a shit show, but... So, uh, you're just planning to go by yourself, or are you going to bring Scooch into the picture? Or... <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably just be me. I don't, really don't think Scooch gives a shit about Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does Scooch give a shit about? Like, what's he into? I need to get a better picture of Scooch. You know what? He's he's big into hockey. So No shit. Yeah. <laughs> tell him you do a hockey someday. podcast. Yeah, tell him you do a hockey podcast. Is he a big Blackhawks fan? Yep. Yeah, this is Scooch. I don't think anyone wants to talk about the Blackhawks these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not probably really. not. Hey, hey, they didn't trade Patrick Kane, though, Tuffy. That was one of the rumors that he was going to get moved at the deadline, but he's still in Chicago. Yeah. So he can I saw the they were uh, going to retire Marion Hosa's number, so that's something. Yep. Yeah, that Hosa. He, uh, he's a very good hockey player. Kind of a dick, yeah. Because he, uh, you know, turns back <laughs> on the Penguins to go to the Red Wings, but you know, whatever. Um, hey, he still got his three Stanley Cups out of it, so you know. Yeah, that 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 really is a remarkable story when you think about it. He's with the Penguins. He loses in Game Seven to the Red Wings. So then over the summer, he says, "I'm going to go to the Red Wings because they give me a better chance to win the Stanley Cup." Then the Red Wings and Penguins meet again in the Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, the Penguins beat the Red Wings in seven games. Well, the Red Wings beat the Penguins in six games. The first time. But anyway, the Penguins beat the Red Wings. So it's like, hey, fuck you, Marion Hosa. You fucking chose wrong, buddy. Fuck you. And they shoved it in his face. <laughs> but then the next year, he yeah. goes to Chicago, and he proceeds winning, to win three Stanley Cups. So, yeah. 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 So he plays alongside the greatest happen. captain in the modern NHL, Jonathan Hayes. <laughs> Unless you've been sexually abused. <laughs> then he's not so much. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> greatest captain ever. <laughs> Well, so you know, talk. everybody's got to sacrifice for championship points. Take the good, like take the bad. There's your hockey talk. All right. Um, <laughs> so, Jank, would you like to do your top eleven of wrestling right now? Whatever wrestling. Oh, oh, oh sure. By the way, before, before you mention that, this fella who directed this movie, Forbidden World, he also directed a movie called Grunt, a wrestling movie. Ooh. And it's also oh. it's also on Tubi. And I guess the setup, it's a, uh, there's a documentary, it's following a documentary crew as they're trying to investigate this masked wrestler, because uh, years earlier, some wrestler murdered a guy in the ring. He decapitated him somehow, like a close I'm guessing. <laughs> so then he left, he left the wrestling business to go in hiding or something. But now this masked wrestler has shown up, and he's like, uh, people think that he's that wrestler who decapitated the fella. So they have a documentary like crew investigating whether he's that guy, and that's what the movie's about. So I don't know. We might have to watch that at some point. Grunt. Yeah, you know, I keep thinking uh, we're going to run out of movies one of these days, and every time <laughs> yeah. I turn the corner, there is just ten more of these things. Hey, yeah. since we're talking about it, uh, last night never uh, we record, recorded Flea Market Fantasy with our buddy cousin Brandon, and uh, Brandon offered yeah. me uh, two suggestions for movies to watch. Uh, the first one he said is called Killer Party. Now, there's been multiple Killer Parties over the years, and there's one on Tubi, but it's from 2014. I, I think the one he's talking about is from the 80s, and uh, I don't know if it's true, but it's, Jack, did you ever encounter Killer Party? No. 
All right, you said we should watch that one. And then there's a movie from 1990 starring Eric Roberts, Janine Turner, and I think, uh, is it James Earl Ray? Is that the guy's name? Is that his name? <laughs> James Earl Jones? <laughs> James, James Earl Ray is the guy who shot Martin Luther King. <laughs> that's name, Martin Luther King, yeah. Well, he didn't. Uh, I mean, he's got a good career. He was the guy who was blamed for it. Yeah. But he didn't do it. But anyway, uh, James <laughs> Earl Ray. That's how my conspiratorial mind works, though. I always think of the the, uh, the uh-huh. actors. But anyway, uh, it's a 1990 movie called Ambulance. And in the film, Eric Roberts plays a Marvel Comics uh, penciler, an artist. And, what? Yeah, and Stan Lee is in the movie. Holy shit. So that's why Brandon huh. didn't watch it. <laughs> wow, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. oh, I just found something called uh, Creepazoids that stars Linnea Quigley, another sci-fi horror movie. <laughs> Yeah. There's something called yeah. the Sisters of Ursula. There's another one I just found where, yeah, you just fall down this tubey rabbit hole and it never ends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because after you're done watching one, they they recommend like eight others or something, and you can usually find. There's one something in there. called Inseminoid. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that on there. <laughs> that piqued my interest. Inseminoid. <laughs> <laughs> I saw there was like a Lene Quigley's uh, like zombie workout or something. I don't know if it's an actual movie or just like a workout <laughs> tape, but <laughs> might as well check it out. Oh. All right. Um, but now we can get to uh, Jank's top 11. Um, maybe I can. Uh, <laughs> All right. You. you want to play the theme song? Um yeah, make it Take official. Take it into the blog touch. Blog touch. Blog talk. <laughs> There's always a 10-second delay by the time I type something and it shows up. All right, so uh, here it is, the old uh, top 11 theme. The numbers all go to 11. Celsius Hockey's top 11. All right, Jank, uh, a wrestling-related top 11 list. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> yeah, because... so while I was – I did watch some elements of, uh, you know, the WrestleMania last week. Um, oh, wow. As you can imagine, I didn't, I didn't pay the strictest of attention. I may have been doing other things <laughs> <laughs> while I was on, <laughs> including Playing working on the top 11. <laughs> yeah. yeah, space <laughs> Well, so I came up with on. my <laughs> yeah should definitely be most of the slides. Uh, <laughs> I came up with my top eleven songs I would use as my intro if oh, I was a WWE ooh. wrestler. This is pretty good. <laughs> All right, I like this uh, because yeah, that is a big uh, quite because your entrance is huge when you're a wrestler. You want a you want a theme song yeah. that is easily recognizable as soon as soon as it hits. You want people to recognize mm-hmm. what it is. Like with Stone Cold, you get the breaking glass. You're like, holy shit, here comes Stone Cold. Uh, yeah. But when our buddy Pat McAfee came out on night two of WrestleMania, we'll talk about later, he actually had Seven Nation Army as his theme song, the actual White Stripe song. Yeah. Normally, cool. Vince does not do that. He does not give uh, – because you, you have to pay money to do that, you know, to license mm-hmm. that music. So he doesn't – he only makes rare exceptions. Like for Ronda Rousey, he gets uh, Joan Jett. Um, but or, for, 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 for – Yeah, for Call to Personality. 
But uh, for him to do that for McAfee, that's a big deal. And apparently, uh, Pat always keeps saying thanks to Jack White for letting me use Seven Nation Army. And, like, he promoted Jack White as a new album coming out, so he promoted it today on his show a little bit. So I don't know if Jack White just to take it for free or if they actually charge him or whatever. But either way, it's pretty fucking awesome to walk out the Seven Nation Army <laughs> because then the whole crowd starts singing yeah. along, you know. And yeah. we'll talk about the match in detail later. But without Seven Nation Army, that that whole match is way different, right? That added so much to that whole match because the crowd got into it. Yeah, and I thought like, the crowd got into it immediately. Yeah, it was pretty fucking awesome. But, uh, all right, so, yeah, your entrance theme is hugely important. So, Jank, I'm going to guess out of the 11 songs you chose, nine of them are between 1980 and 1983. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's possible. No, I think it's, right. you're probably a little high, actually. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Yeah, just a little bit. All right. <laughs> um, and there's one added twist to this for you, Mike Dell. One of the songs in this top 11 was on an episode of Columbo. We'll see if you can figure out which one it was. <laughs> oh, wow. This old man? You're coming out to this old man? He's playing on my thumb. Nope. <laughs> Not <right>. that one. <laughs> All right. Well, here's my number 11. Um, this is a song, I mean, obviously you're trying to get the crowd pumped and ready to see some, some badass fighting. So what yeah. song has already been proven to be, you know, good for those purposes? This one right here. Yes, I could see you walking out to that. <laughs> yeah. That is, of course, uh, Vanilla be Ice. Rapper. And uh, <laughs> that is uh, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is that Secret of the Ooze? Or was that the first yeah, one? Yeah, Secret of the Ooze. Secret of the yeah, Ooze. That was number two. <laughs> first one had that Turtle Power song, which is also good. It would also be a good choice. <laughs> T-U-R-T-L-E, Power. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you more questions about your wrestling career as we go along, but uh, did, have you given any <laughs> yeah. thought to so like, uh, characters? What, yeah, what you would wear to the ring? Um, you know. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll come up in some of these, and some of them I haven't haven't thought about as much. I got a lot of you know, a lot of uh, irons in the fire. You never know which one's going to pan out. All right, yeah. So I got to tell you, I don't think I would ever be like a little swim trunk guy. You know, the little wrestling trunks. No, I'm not. Well, you gotta wear that costume from the X Files too, I think. <laughs> yeah, the broccoli <laughs> outfit. <laughs> or I dress like I like Johnny Knoxville's outfit because he dressed like Andy Kaufman. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess on the wrestling game, that's right. I made all our characters on the wrestling game. I had an Andy Kaufman outfit with a luchador mask. That's that's a good look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can combine that with the broccoli, then we're in business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jank, number 10, your wrestling themes. All right, number 10. Um, this is a song that uh, is by Garfunkel and Oates. Not, not their funniest okay. song by any means, but uh, <laughs> one that I feel like would represent my career in the WWE as well as me in real life. <laughs> I feel like it sums, sums me up pretty well. You didn't do it, didn't reach your goal. Your heart is broken, you're an asshole, in the end you didn't have what it takes. So here's to you and your huge mistakes, 
You're humiliated, hollowed out, and exhausted. You were in the ring fighting the fight, and you lost it. This isn't your time. This wasn't for you. At least you did everything you could do. You're a loser but a dreamer. You're tired but you're strong. You're going on no evidence. You don't listen to common sense. You went all in. And you were wrong. You are such a loser. Good for you. It's something that a lot of people can't do. Trying is hard. That's why people don't do it. Losing is hard. They can't make it through it. But not you. You are such a loser. You are such a loser. Here's to you. Because you deserve a cheering section, too. That's pretty good. I can see that. And, uh, and Puffy, they could <laughs> yeah. have signs up in the crowd, the jank section. You know, you need a cheering section. They could hold up little signs like the yeah. Cesaro section. That'd be for good, like a good sad Corbin kind of character. <laughs> yeah, sad Baron Corbin. <laughs> a mustard stain on your shirt. I also like how... Uh, Perfect. I already got that. The, the beginning... <laughs> Uh, you, you would easily recognize those like uh, little keys there, the piano keys at the beginning. So as soon as yeah. people hear that, they would erupt. You know, They'd be like yeah, here comes Jake, <laughs> yeah. fucking loser, serenade yeah. us. <laughs> That's pretty good. Piano interlude. <laughs> people go nuts for it. <laughs> have you thought what kind of wrestler would you be, Jake? Would you be like a technician, a brawler, um, you know, submission expert, a uh, luchador? High flyer, you know, any, any thoughts? In this case, probably just a jobber who just shows up uh, and doesn't do anything and just gets <laughs> their face mashed in, into the ground over and over again. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to ask, uh, you know, what finisher you'd use, but I guess if you're not expecting to win, so you really want to have a finisher? Just... <laughs> the finisher would be me crying and running away. <laughs> I'm there going go. home. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Well, that would work. All right, number nine. Yeah. All right, this is this is a song that's got some good energy. Uh, it's worked for pretty much you know a montage in every in, uh, probably eighty percent of movies have used this song as in their montages. So I figured, why not be my uh, my entrance music? Here we go. Match with Alexa Bliss, that would be you could play oh. into the ring and yeah, you go from your mouth to God's ears to Hall and Oates. The actual Oates. yeah, <laughs> yeah I could see there. that with like with like uh, when Mankind was with the Rock and Sock connection, like that sort of character where oh. you're just like overly genuine with everything. You know, you just come out being real nice and happy. Yeah. yeah. Happy Last time it's sad, <laughs> Corbin. This time it's sad. Get my way to the ring. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> number eight. <laughs> All right, number eight. This is a good song for, you know, you want some crowd participation, something that they could latch yes. on to and kind of, you know, sing or, you know, go do it along with you as, as yep. you hear this song. So that's what this song is for, number eight. Higher, baby. Get higher, baby. Get higher, baby. And don't ever come back. Little Jack Horner sitting on the corner with no shoes and clothes. This ain't funny, but he took his money and sniffed it up his nose. The only song I know of that has people doing like coke sniffs as part of the percussion. <laughs> that would have been uh, more Just popular. Just imagine the whole crowd doing that along. If you're wrestling in the eighties, that would have been yeah, really yeah. That's pretty much everybody who was wrestling in the eighties, I think. Yes. <laughs> they were all on the cocaine. But, uh, that's what the uh, WWE needs right now. Like two aimed towards children. We need the guys fueled <laughs> by coke. Like you know, I, how I don't know if starts getting puts out those beers. Like whenever I get in yeah. trouble, I just do a line right there on the floor and sniff it up, and it's like Popeye with the spinach. Just doodly doo do. After you win, you have a guy outside launching you kilos of coke, and you catch them, smash them together. <laughs> Dump them on your face. There's just like a table with like, you know, the pound, the mound of cocaine, like in Scarface. They just throw me yeah. into it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You fucked up I, now. I legit <laughs> don't know what that song is. Like, who, who was that? I no yeah, I don't either. Uh, I've never heard that before. That is White Lines, Don't Don't Do It by Melly Mel and Grandmaster Flash. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a song that Duran Duran covered in the mid-90s. That's where I first heard it, and then I went back and listened to the original. <laughs> well, well, I know for a fact that song was never in Colombo. I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> All right. Number All right. seven. Number seven. All right. So this is a, uh, a cover of a, an 80s hair metal song. Those are obviously, you know, those are big on both strip club stages and wrestling, I think. <laughs> uh, but this was done by a British punk band called the Toy Dolls. They used to cover a lot of songs, like kid songs or classical songs, but they occasionally did other songs. And this is one such song. And again, this is big with the audience participation. Just imagine a whole, because there's a lot of synthesizers in the original version, but they replaced that with another instrument. So just imagine people doing this. You know, live, a whole crowd of them.
I hate to bring it to you, besides from the kazoo sounds, but Daniel Bryan used Final Countdown on the Indies. That was his entrance song. Oh. Was, yeah. So well, whenever anyone hears that, they're going to he's ripping though. off Daniel Bryan. You know? so, Damn it. Bryan Danielson. Or <laughs> Joe Bluth. Wait, what was that, Tuffy? Well, or you're ripping off Joe Bluth from Arrested Development. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Paid, uh, <laughs> illusions. Yeah. Illusions. Um, all right. Just imagine uh, the whole crowd with with kazoos. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you're you're getting into the intellectual property of Edge and Christian. They used a lot of kazoos back in the day as well. That was one of their gimmicks. Yeah. They had kazoos. So. Oh, I tough. like them already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what are we up to? Six or five? Or I don't know. Yeah, number six. All right. So yeah, like you were mentioning, I wouldn't want to wear those little underpants. Like that's that's yeah. embarrassing. Like no one wants yeah. to see me with you know my gut hanging out. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes that. <laughs> so I'd probably be some kind of you know like Neville the Never Nude or something like that, where just never <laughs> taking my clothes off. <laughs> so that leads me to this this intro song right here. So come on, baby. Definitely be an interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> People would go gaga for it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they would. <laughs> Who sang that? Jermaine Stewart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jermaine Stewart was the uh, the singer of that one. Yeah. I, <laughs> Such a weird I don't song. know who that is. <laughs> I, I definitely remember He's that like, song, but I... I do not remember Jermaine Stewart at all. Yeah. It's all about like, hey, I know you want to come over and get down and skinny dip and stuff, but hey, how about you stimulate my brain first? It's like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Stimulate my brain first. (laughs) What a song. All right. (laughs) Well, number five, this is if I decide to go the complete opposite direction. Uh, where I'm just going to let it all hang out there, or, you know, at least if need be, but (laughs) (laughs) you're going to be seeing a lot of me in this song. All right. Oops, that's not the right one. (laughs) I got mixed up (laughs) on my list here. (laughs) The cops are coming to get you. All right, here we go.
Brandon's music review? I have what the fuck was that? <laughs> Tuffy, you know what that is. I feel like I've heard that song. I don't know that I know what it is. <laughs> oh. That's a little song called Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus, or as many people might know it, the song from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh, okay. No idea. <laughs> No idea. That, uh, the Tooth Fairy dances too. He's wearing like a you know weird like kimono, and he's just got it oh, you know, okay. open, and he's got his dick tucked back, and he's all dancing too. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say and like you play that thing in clerks too. I'm People are gonna me. jump out of the crowd to beat you up if you play that coming out. That is not a good. <laughs> well, I think if you play a Buffalo Bill character, that would be a great wrestling yeah. character. I suppose. You yeah. fuck me. I fuck me. <laughs> You right. come out in like the uh, kimono <laughs> with your, uh, you know, you got to wear the really tight tights for that one. Yeah. yeah. Lotion in a basket or something, right? <laughs> yeah, you're like <laughs> lotion yourself up at the top of the ramp. <laughs> Just slide down. <laughs> <laughs> like a slip and slide all the way. <laughs> I like where your head's at on that one. <laughs> Every time you beat somebody, you try and cut part of their spin off for your suit. <laughs> I don't know if that'll work in WWE, but uh, you know maybe on the indie. That might be more of an AEW idea, but uh, you know, we get Roger Corbin to do the effects. Yeah. <laughs> that'll work out. All right. Well, uh, number four. This again, we're going for the uh, the the crowd participation. Um, here we go. I'm talking about the jerk now. <laughs> Jerking everything in sight. I'm talking about the jerk. Another Alexa Bliss-inspired theme song for Kevin Jank. Uh, yeah, who sang that? Just imagine 70,000 people saying, jerk it, jerk it. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Who sang that? Oh, that was the time. My boy, Morris yeah. Day. Morris Day, yeah. Because I do remember that. But, uh, yeah, jerk and jerk and yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a song. <laughs> Apparently it's yeah. about banging like all the girls in the place, but it's <laughs> the way they phrase it. It's like I, I don't know. I don't think this word means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's confusing. <laughs> Jerking everything in sight. Like oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's completely different than what he's saying. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Again, All that right, song was never in an episode of Columbo. I can confirm that was never in Columbo. <laughs> All right, well, at the end we'll be we'll have you have to pick a winner. <laughs> All right. Well, if you was, I'm guessing whatever song you pick is coming from that like final episode ever. With the guy from the American. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually, it's not from that one at all. All right. <laughs> All right, so number three. All right, here's my pitch for number three. They move Cora Jade up to the WWE from NXT, <laughs> and me and her get married. <laughs> oh, you really like Cora Jade? 
<laughs> oh man, big fan. <laughs> and then this will be, will be a mixed tag team, uh, you know, pair. And this will be our our theme music as we come in <laughs> the ring. I bet we've been together for a million years. And I bet we'll be together for a million more. Oh, it's like I started breathing on the night we kissed. And I can't remember what I ever did before. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can't love each other through. The shallow a lot at the end would really <laughs> be something to watch. You guys. Well, yeah, I, yeah, that's the best part. Really, like, really brings the song home. You're a big fan of <laughs> yeah. the <laughs> Oh, my God. I, 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 thought... did, I had to go back and watch that match, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, this past <laughs> one from uh, – Stand and deliver or? from uh, the NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. oh man, we'll talk I'm about that watching NXT. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Dude, Tuffy, you're missing out if you're not watching NXT. It's pretty fucking good, especially with Mandy Rose. Holy hell, did Mandy Rose look good in that match? Good lord. But um, <laughs> I mean, she's no Cora Jade. <laughs> but uh, I thought you Mandy. <laughs> I don't know who Cora Jade is, but she's no Mandy Rose. <laughs> Tuffy, you should see what Mandy Rose is. Oh my goodness, did she look good? But anyway, um, the uh, so I thought you were going to go with like Avril Lavigne Skater Boy because Cora Jade has that oh. skater gimmick. So you could be her that's, skater. Boy. I mean, that's a big part of why I like her so much. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think my ideal woman probably works at a hot topic. <laughs> yeah. Now that I look her up, she's from Chicago, Jake. So she might have been working at a hot Ooh. topic you went to at some point. Look at that! Oh my god. She's very young. Though, blew it. So. Yeah, she's like she's 20. Married. She's 21. So you would have been the creepy old guy when she was working at the hospital. <laughs> well, <laughs> I could have pulled the doctor her. in uh, this movie and just died on top of her. <laughs> You're buying your ta- your Funkos at Hot Topic. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we up to number uh, two? Yeah, if I did that, if that was our theme song, I would end every promo with "Sit, Ubu, Sit, Good Dog." <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> yeah, it's a really obscure Family Ties production company joke. If you, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so number two, um, this is for uh, for a new faction. Me, you, and Tuffy are going to start. Oh, Bovine University. <laughs> we're, we're a bunch of cattle farmers Your favorite <laughs> And this will be our theme song We are
do something. Yeah. Mike Dell is definitely going to turn on us. Mike Dell is definitely going to turn on us our faction because he's going to start yeah. promoting his vegan bullshit yeah. at some point. <laughs> I'll turn heel. Ooh. I'll become vegan. <laughs> but uh, in the 80s, Jank, there's a oh, faction called the Godwins, the and they were like pig farmers. So that could have worked for the Godwins. Oh, all right. That's uh. And so I think we're going to check just, farmers insurance every time yeah. we play this song. So that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. so someone just remade the farmers insurance commercial. Like, hey, let's make a song out of it. Farmers. <laughs> they made a whole five minute like dubstep song out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so right. fucking stupid, but I love it. I get stuck right. in my head for hours and hours at a time. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so now we're up to number one, uh, Kevin Jank's theme song, If He Were a Wrestler. This will be something. All right. So this one is just all just pure intimidation. This music hits, and whoever <laughs> hears it is going to be like, oh, no, I'm not getting in the ring with that motherfucker. You're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so here we go. Jake walking to the ring to face Barack Lesnar, and that music. Wants <laughs> to lick me up and down. Fuck no. That that'd been pretty good for Gold Dust back in the day, you know. Uh, Gold Dust yeah. music, he would kind of work. But uh, all right, well, I know that wasn't in Colombo. Now I'm thinking maybe that jerk song was in Colombo because the way you reacted. Uh, I don't know how these. I don't recognize any of these songs. I'm trying to think what Ooh. episode uh, would any of these songs have been in a Columbo? I'm guessing it's a later episode of Columbo. It has to be. Yeah, it's not like one of the 70s ones, yeah. <laughs> obviously. I don't think any of these yeah, are I, that old. Um, the only episodes I can think of where there would be like a song played like this. Uh, you said it's not from Columbo Loves the Nightlife. That's that final episode. No, nope, it's not from that one. I can confirm. Uh trying to think where else he would go where they'd be playing music like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm stumped. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to place any kind of a guess before I, before I just spill the beans? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. It was, in fact, the Jerk Out song. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right, so we know it's the jerk out song. So, yep. what could it possibly have been in? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was there a dance club scene or something that um? Is that like what it was in a dance club situation? Or? Uh, not quite. No. Um, I think I remember the episode and kind of the context. <laughs> I believe the episode was called Columbo Cries Wolf. Columbo cries wolf. I uh, I know the this title. The, uh, this is the one with Dick Tremaine from uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's like the Playboy situation, like the Playboy. Yeah, they're doing Tremaine. like some kind of a yeah, some kind of photo shoot or something. That yeah, Columbo okay, that makes sense. 
Yeah. The jerking really does make sense to that because there's like playmates going around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I only saw that one one time, and I really wasn't paying attention to it. So yeah. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> I definitely noticed when that song popped up because I was already a big fan. So, <laughs> like, ooh, my there you go, Jank's wrestling uh, theme song. It's good job, Jank. Uh, Tuffy, yeah. uh, have you ever given this any thought? Like, if you're a wrestler, what your entrance song would be? No, I might have to work something guessing, up. But, I would uh, say Crazy yeah. Train, right? Aussie Crazy Train, like the Aussie laugh. Uh, I mean, it really depends on the character. I don't know if I'm uh, equipped to be the kind of crazy train sort of uh, Al Snow sort of character. <laughs> I, but uh, I, de- I definitely have something Nirvana related. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So, um, but right away, Blue uh, sounds great. That sounds awesome. Has an interesting song, or maybe Radio Friendly Unit Shifter. The opening chords of that. You hear that hit? You're like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Would, yeah, you yeah, know what? That would fuck up some ears. I think radio-friendly unit shifter would be what I would do. Yeah, that distortion coming over, and then, oh, yeah, there you go. Here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> Look out. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I'll go for Skater Boy since uh, yeah. I drank it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be standing there in the crowd with my top up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All yeah. right, so yeah, I Jack, appreciate you, actually... you making the list, Jake. I uh, I do not appreciate backdooring the Columbo talk in with that though. <laughs> <laughs> well, always, sometimes it fits. Columbo, <laughs> Columbo fits in the back door sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but Jake, you mentioned that you watched WrestleMania and you watched NXT stand and deliver a little bit. That's even more impressive. Uh, let, let's start with NXT. Did you watch the entire show, or you just went back and watched the Corey Graves match? <laughs> oh, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, I just went forward into the, uh, to the ladies' match. Ladies' Fatal 4-Way or whatever it was. Yeah, Fatal 4-Way. is Mandy Rose looking spectacular. Uh, Corey Jade, my girl Io Shirai, who I love, and uh, Kaylee Ray, who I'm also a big fan of. Um, and Mandy Rose retained. Uh, I can't even remember how she did it. She... <laughs> uh... Who did she pin? I, I think she came in the ring I? like she like snuck in and pinned somebody who was already hit by someone else, right? Isn't that how it went? Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. But, but yeah, Mandy Rose looked awesome, and uh, so she won. Now this, this stand and deliver NXT, this pay per view is like it's almost like they shouldn't even have happened because every result on the match pretty much just got thrown out the next day. So uh, I oh, think no. in the like the pre-show. <laughs> I think they had the women's tag titles. Um, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai beat Toxic Attraction for the tag titles. And then on Tuesday, they lost the tag titles back to Toxic Attraction. And you're like, why the fuck were they doing that? Well, because then Raquel Gonzalez just call, got called up tonight to SmackDown. So, but why would you have the title change? So that tells me that they did not know Raquel was coming up to SmackDown until after <laughs> the title change. So once again, Vince is clearly running NXT now and not Triple H because he would never have done something that stupid. But, um, so yeah, maybe so they wanted like, to see how she did in that, but that would determine whether she could go up or uh, not. No, Raquel's like a main woman. She's, she's been a champion. Oh. She's yeah, she's, they know what they have in her. So I, I guess they just changed their mind after but whatever. <laughs> I'm glad to see Raquel up on the big show. And now Dakota is going to be wrestling Mandy Rose next week for the women's title. I wouldn't be shocked to see Dakota win that. Oh, um, yeah. 
So that might be something. Have you seen Dakota lately uh, there, Tuffy? She's got pink hair now. Now I might have to tune in Tuesday, yeah, I don't like Wednesday, pink hair. whatever night that's on. Uh, Tuesday nights. I like pink hair in general, but I think she looks better with the dark hair, but uh, whatever. She's got pink hair. Um, so then uh, also on uh, NXT Stand and Deliver, we had the uh, the men's championship match, uh, Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler. They had Braun Breaker lose because of shenanigans and an exposed turnbuckle and stuff. And then on Monday on Raw, they had a rematch, and Braun Breaker won. So I was like, wait. So now Braun Breaker's back <laughs> being the champion. Why don't you just have him win it on the pay-per-view and then defend it on Raw if you want to expose him to the Raw audience? It, it made no sense. It basically made the pay-per-view worthless. Also on that pay-per-view, they had a match for the men's tag team titles, and uh, MSK won the titles again. And I don't like MSK. They're like indie flippy shit guys who would never win an actual fight, so I'm not a fan of theirs. <laughs> but they, the they win – yeah, yeah, they belong in AEW, not, and they're never going to win a fight against anybody. Yet, yet they win the titles again, and then on Tuesday, one of the MSK guys gets fired from the company. So um, now the belts have been vacated, yeah. and they're going to have to have a tournament oh, no. or a mat- rematch for the belts. So that whole pay-per-view was like a complete waste of fucking time. There was no point to <laughs> stand and deliver. None of it mattered. But, uh, yeah, the guy well, from MSK, it was he got fired to because, me for, you know, certain reasons. Yeah, Corey Jade worked out for you. But uh, <laughs> he got fired because he he used to – he was married to uh, – uh, what's that girl's name? Uh, Kimber or whatever the fuck. She's a lady wrestler. Um, I can't remember her name. But uh, they were married, and they were going through some shit. And, like, the wife was accusing him of domestic violence, and he was denying it. And then she posted pictures of her with, like, a fat lip and shit. And other people were saying it's not true, that she's just crazy, and she's mad because he's divorcing her, and she's trying to bring his career down. And so while all that's going on, then his ex-wife releases a photo of him uh, with a Hitler mustache and doing a Hitler salute. (laughs) So so WWE, he was just goofing around, I guess, uh, when he was shaving his mustache, and he sent her a picture of him doing a Hitler thing. And uh, she released it on the Internet, and so it got – so I guess WWE just said, all right, this is just too much. <laughs> so they're like, we're washing our hands, I guess. <laughs> and they fired him. So now his his tag partner's kind of left off. He was going to be the star of this show anyway, his tag partner. He was the better guy. Um, so I guess he'll get a singles push now. But, uh, yeah, the tag titles are now going to be in a, up for grabs next week as well. I'm guessing the Creed brothers will win them because they're awesome. So uh, you guys have no idea who they are, but it doesn't matter. They're fucking awesome. So the Creed brothers are going to get them, probably. But yeah, Can you take me higher? No, no, no. These, are, <laughs> these guys are like uh, wrestler, <laughs> like legit wrestler dudes, not terrible emo rockers. These are these guys are awesome. <laughs> so, um, all right. So that's NXT Stand and Deliver, complete waste of time. Now we get to WrestleMania, uh, night one. Oh, wait. Hey, Tuffy, did you watch the uh, Undertaker's Hall of Fame speech? No. Yeah, neither did I. Who fucking cares? I didn't watch any of that shit. Hey, but, but uh, this week on WWE Champions, they released uh, Undertaker Hall of Fame Edition because we don't have enough Undertakers in that game. We needed more. Yeah. There's like 50 fucking Undertakers in WWE Champions. Uh, yeah, Is it just what he wore to the Hall of Fame acceptance? And they have a uh, Hall of Fame. Like, the, the characters are all bronzed out. They're all, like, made of yeah. bronze. Oh. 
And then you can like you can get them up to silver and gold versions of the Hall of Fame too. I don't know. They're very rare. Do you ever see any of those, Tuppy? Do you see people doing that? Uh, well, like when they did Lawler, I maxed out that event, so I have his silver and gold gear. No shit. Look at you. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I don't have any of that stuff. Um, all right, so, yeah, I didn't watch the Hall of Fame. I guess people said he gave a good speech. I don't know. But apparently he didn't thank Mick Foley. He spoke for like 45 minutes, and he didn't even mention Mick Foley. Seems weird. Huh. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I feel like he's also talked about uh, his matches with him hundreds of hours, probably. Uh, but he's one of his better rivals, and he had the hell in a cell. You think you think he could at least throw, yeah. throw a match? Yeah, who knows? Um, anyway, uh, so night one, WrestleMania, we kick off with uh, well, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, I think, are the first thing we see, right? Don't they come out yeah. on stage? <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was nice. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, uh, was Triple H night two or was he night one? I can't even remember. He was night two, I think. Yeah, he, yeah. So the beginning of night two, he came His down. Set and came out at some point in night one, I think. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's look at the card here for WrestleMania night one. Now, Jake, did you uh, did you put on the WrestleMania right away when it started at eight o'clock and just leave it on, or how, how'd you do this? Uh, Saturday, yes, I did pretty much just leave it on. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think I've just left it on the whole time. All right. Cause uh, I think we set the over under on you on WrestleMania an hour and a half. So you probably broke it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Blew through that. All right. He so had to hang around to Logan Paul. Uh, dude, Logan Paul is really <laughs> fucking good. But, uh, all right. So the Usos, uh, fought Seamus or not Seamus, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Yeah. Yeah. For the, the tag titles. Oh yeah. The SmackDown tag titles. And Rick Boogs blew out his quad and his patella. They were doing some move where he was going to have both the Usos on his back, and his leg just exploded. And uh, so they had to call the match early, and he rolled out of the ring, and Nakamura went in, and they pinned Nakamura. So, yeah, that was a little uh, rough beginning to WrestleMania, right, Tuffy? A guy injured his leg right <laughs> yeah. away. I didn't even realize there was a real injury <laughs> until, uh, like, Monday. Yeah, because leading up to the match, they were doing an angle where he had a bad knee. And then they were, like, acting like it wasn't injured and he was fine. So when it first happened, I thought, oh, this is just part of that angle that his knees hurt. But no, he actually did fuck up his knee. His quad, like, ripped and blew up and rolled up his leg or something. And the doctor said the reason it happened is because his quad muscles, I have the same problem. But he said, your quad muscles are just too strong. And it like yeah. they were flexing, <laughs> and they yanked the tendon right off the bone. And I have to be careful the same thing, because my legs are so powerful that, yeah. So um, he's going to be out for like I guess <laughs> six months to a year probably. So uh, oh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah, that's sad. But uh, with beauty, did they change the ending, or were they? That's a good live. question. That's a good question. They weren't sure. I'm guessing the Usos were still going to retain. Yeah, so I they think just, they were supposed to win, given that Roman won too. But they just sped it up. Like I guess the match was supposed to go for another nine minutes, hmm. but they just uh, wrapped it up quick. Um, but with Boogs though, Tuffy, they could still have him. Like once he has, he had the surgery already, and they said it was successful. Uh, once he heals a bit, yeah. like maybe in a month, they could just have him come out and play the guitar for Shinsuke, right? I mean, could be on stage yeah, or definitely. something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah Rick Boogs like, awesome. broke his leg and was playing, you know, guitar sitting down for a while. That's so. right. <laughs> That's right. You can do that. Yeah. Get him a big throne. 
He could do like yeah, the Miz in a wheelchair thing. Yeah, I mean, Boogs is a, a charisma like a gold mine. He's very entertaining. Yeah, he's watch. really just kind of taken off here recently. So yeah, yeah. So you got to yeah. keep him around. I like that dude. All right. So uh, again, uh, match. Well, I should. I mentioned this before, but his name on NXT was Eric Bugenhagen. That name is awesome, and they shortened it to Rick. Yeah, that's his real name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I love Bugenhagen. Yeah, Eric Bugenhagen is his actual <laughs> name, so they don't let you do that in uh, the WWE. Yeah, because they got his like trademark shit. But um, anyway, uh, so the second match of the night, Drew McIntyre defeated Happy Corbin with Madcap yeah. Moss. Oh yeah, by the way, Tuffy, Madcap Moss won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on the SmackDown yeah. Friday. I guess saw that. <laughs> that was something, Madcap Moss. But uh, of course, Drew McIntyre <laughs> defeats Happy Corbin. But the thing that was interesting about this one, after the match, of course, Drew McIntyre comes to the ring with this giant sword, and I always just yeah. assumed it was, you know, a, a fake giant sword. But then he, like, cuts through the ring ropes. Like, what the fuck was that? He yeah. just smashed... Like, <laughs> oh. They must hell. have given him a sharp one this time. Because <laughs> he cut through the top and the second ring rope, just sliced it like butter. It's like, holy fuck. That was kind yeah. of impressive. And even more impressive than that, the ring crew replaced those ropes in like three minutes. They just <laughs> these guys. They got the NASCAR pit crew up there. Yeah, that can't be too easy. Uh, any thoughts on Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin there, Tuffy? Uh, I don't even remember this match happening. So yeah, <laughs> like it was. Thought, it was not that it was bad. It was fine. I just yeah. there's too much stuff at WrestleMania. I guess the big uh, moment in this was uh, uh, McIntyre kicked out of uh, End of Days, Happy Corbin's finisher. No one's yeah. ever kicked out of that. This was the first time anyone's ever yeah. kicked out of it. So that's something. Happy Corbin does have a nice move set. The Deep Six and then the End of Days, those are two yeah. nice moves. So. Yeah, Corbin is a guy who should definitely be in title pictures, but he never really has been for some reason. Uh, he was the U.S. champ for a while, but in terms of, like, the heavy – well, he did have yeah, money in the bank. Yeah, in terms of the heavyweight. He tried to cash in money in the bank. He, he tried to cash in against Cena, right? And Cena beat him. But, uh, yeah, that might have been so before was, I was watching. That was as close as he came. Um, but uh, I saw tonight on my Twitter feed that uh, I guess it looks like Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss might be about to split. It looked like Corbin yeah. was a little upset. So, see how that goes. All right, uh, next up we have The Miz and Logan Paul against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio in The Miz and Logan Paul yeah. 1. I got to tell you, Logan Paul, is a, he's a superstar of the future in WWE. That kid is really good at this. <laughs> he's I really agree. good. I don't know if he wants to commit to WWE because he has, like, yeah. I don't know how he makes money, but it seems like he does Apparently okay he does. outside of this. Jank, uh, he makes so much money that he walked to the ring wearing a $5.2 million Pokemon card around his neck. That's how much money. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Logan Paul. Hope he didn't but that's like that, the, that is such a heel move, walking out with a Pokemon card around your neck. And oh, yeah, it's also worth $5.2 million. What the fuck? Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, he looks, he looks great because he's a big athletic kid. Uh, he looks like a wrestler. He's super. He's very athletic. Like the moves he was doing in the match were super impressive. He looks like yeah. a safe worker too. Like when he was doing his power slams and shit, they were very safe. Like he's protecting the Dominic's head and everything. So uh, yeah, this kid's money. And 
he like knew where the cameras wow. were at all times. He was like he would like stare in the camera, like give a look. Like he's a perfect heel. He was doing the Eddie Guerrero yeah. stuff, the three amigos. Not only did he do the three suplexes, he did them better than Rey Mysterio does them. Like he actually did them properly, yeah. like the with the leg twist, like the turn of the hips and everything. Uh, he did the little Eddie shoulder shake when he's on the top rope. This kid is a star. <laughs> Don't you worry about yeah. Logan Paul. So he was, he <laughs> was on the air of Hawaii show hates this week. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he's like a perfect heel. Everyone hates him. Uh, awesome. But he was on Area Hawaii, and uh, they were talking, and he wants to do WWE. He says he feels like this is where he belongs. Like he loved it so much, and well, he, he really wants right. to do it again. So I'm guessing he's going to keep doing it. And he says he wants to do it all the time if, he's, if it's possible. Like, he would be there all the time. So I would expect to see him versus The Miz, I guess, at SummerSlam. That might be his next time, SummerSlam. Yeah. So uh, he said he only trained – he had two training sessions for, the, for this. Two, like, uh, four-hour training sessions down in Orlando. That's all he trained for this. That's impressive. Yeah, first time. In I mean, he's slingery. definitely better than Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so then, after the match, the Miz turned on him and gave him the old uh, skull crushing finale there. So I'm guessing they're setting yeah. up Miz versus him because he he says he wants to be a baby face that he wants to he just wants to be liked by people. So he wants to be a baby face. But then <laughs> he had Becky Lynch on his Good podcast, luck. I guess, and he was talking to Becky about it. And Becky was trying to say, "No, no, you're a perfect heel." You need to be a heel. You'll yeah. love it. Just, just embrace it and be a heel. So I think she was. He, she kind of won him over. So he was thinking maybe I'll be a heel. But yeah, the money is with him as a heel, not as a babyface. Yeah, the only way he would ever be a babyface if it is if he is so good at being a heel that people just have yes. to like him because he's so good that, at it. That's what Becky told him. She's like, if you be a heel, you'll be such a great heel that eventually people will start to love you, and then you'll be a babyface. So um, yeah, I think he might go that. That's the route to go with him, but. Uh, but if he's going up against the Miz, Miz is obviously the heel. But as soon as Miz hit that that uh, move on him, right away Miz is a face now because he beat up Logan Paul. <laughs> you know, everyone loves him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could see like Miz knows he's supposed to be the heel in this, but it's like, well, everybody loves you for doing that to Logan Paul now. <laughs> exactly. Nobody likes Logan Paul. Uh, also, Jake Paul, I guess, was on the pre-show and he was cutting promos on the crowd. Like, I'm just going to put it out there, but by 2024, the Paul brothers are your tag team champions in WWE. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. These kids were made to be wrestlers. Holy fuck. Everyone hates them, and they're good at the what they do. So, uh, all right. Uh, match number four, Bianca Belair defeated Becky Lynch for the uh, Raw Women's Championship by pinfall. This was my favorite match of the weekend. Uh, I don't know how you feel about yeah. it. Uh, this was great. Did you like? Yeah, this was really good. Jack, did you enjoy uh, Bianca and Becky? Uh, it was okay. I mean, it was, oh, it was no Cora Jade, but <laughs> <laughs> Becky was pretty good. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah Be- I like Becky that was great with that, that new haircut of hers. Yeah, she looked awesome, and uh, Bianca's awesome too. Uh, but yeah, this is just a really good match. It started off hot, like uh, Becky was going to beat her in 26 seconds again, and they kept doing all these reversals and shit. Um, it was just a great match, and Bianca eventually won. She, like, flipped out of the manhandle slam and uh, hit her with the uh, kiss of death Thank there you. in one, two, three. Yeah, it was a great finish, a great match. I guess uh, there's one spot where Becky was doing a, uh, like, a uh, flip off the top rope where she's normally you want to land with your hips on the person's chest, like, kind of, and take them down to the mat. 
but either Bianca was too far away or Becky didn't jump far enough. So when she flipped over, her heel caught Bianca right in the eye. Yeah. And, and uh, gave her a big old black swollen eye. So, um, But Bianca kept up the match, and she got the title. So look at that. Hell of a match, though, Tuffy. I was a big fan of this one. That was great. So now it'll be interesting to see what happens with Becky. Uh, what do you think she does now there, Tuffy? Uh, I don't know, because the, like, they need a lesser women's title, I feel like. They really do. They really <laughs> do, but I don't think they're ever going to do it. Uh, they should. They should unify the, the women's heavy, the main titles and then give like an intercontinental title and then your tag titles. I think that would work out better. Yeah. But now they have the two heavyweight titles on. So, but I, I don't know. Um, but Becky, I, she'll stay heel for a while. I could see her and Seth doing something maybe again as a couple. Uh, yeah. But um, eventually I think you'll see her turn face at some point this year. Because they're going to build a, a face Becky as the man against Ronda Rousey, a heel Rousey, next WrestleMania, right? That's where they're going to go, I would think. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if Vince <laughs> Is can Rousey really still going to be around ahead, then? So. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> Rousey was buying her shit. Yeah, yeah, no one likes Rousey at this time around. Everyone's kind of sick <laughs> yeah. of her. Um, but I think once they make her a heel, people will get into it again because they want to boo her. So, um <laughs> yeah, there you we'll go. <laughs> but uh all right, next up, oh here's another big uh moment from WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes makes his return against Seth Freakin Rollins. Um Yeah. Our favorite mid carter is back. And now he's in the main event picture. He's not a mid carter anymore. Cody Rhodes. Uh what'd you think, Toffee? Uh yeah, I don't really care about Cody Rhodes, so it was <laughs> fine, I guess. <laughs> I love Cody Rhodes for a couple of reasons. Uh, I admire what he did. He left WWE to uh, go off on his own to prove yeah. to Vince McMahon that he's a main event guy. He went all around the world. He started AEW. And, uh, but when I started to really like Cody Rhodes was when he's in AEW, and he was just so far up his own ass that uh, he, was, he thought he was so awesome. It was hilarious that all the shit he did in AEW to make himself look awesome. Like he would, he would have a separate entrance than anyone else. He would always have huge pyro and everything. And he would win every feud. Yeah, he would drop a title like to go away to film a TV show, and then as soon as he comes back, he'd win the title back. Uh, he was just great. He was so like full of himself in AEW. It was awesome. And so I became a fan. So uh, seeing him come back was pretty great. And uh, he, he's wearing his little Homelander outfit. Like he has his robe, his, his Homelander robe from the boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so great. And AEW, everyone is getting sick of him. They were booing him, and they wanted him to be a heel, and he refused to turn heel. Now he comes back to WWE. Everybody loves him, so he's going to be their top face. And I'm going to say right now, he probably beats Roman for the title, Tuffy. He's probably taking the title <laughs> from Roman. Yeah. I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to happen. Now, the only question is whether he does it straight up or if he wins money in the bank and cashes in on Roman. I think those are the, that's the only thing that's debatable here. But, uh, yeah. Hey, did you hear if Roman's actually legit hurt? Did you see anything that he kind of I haven't been able to tell you. Yeah. Because there well, is a rumor going around that he really did hurt his shoulder. So, his tricep or something, maybe? Yeah. Like, uh, I guess we can jump ahead. But during the main event on night two, he wrestled Brock. And at some point, he's Brock had him in a Kimura lock. 
and then he gets out of it, and he rolls over to the ropes near uh, Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman's like, please, my tribal chief, get up. That's so great, Paul Heyman, my tribal chief. <laughs> and uh, and you can hear Roman saying, "My, it's out, it's out. You know, he's talking about his shoulder. He's like, it's out. And then the match ended real quick after that, kind of out of nowhere. And so people are yeah. saying that he actually did hurt his shoulder because he, like, tries to put it back know. in on the ropes. You can see him like – I thought he was just—it was just selling it. It was storyline that he, he, but I don't know. People are saying he might actually be hurt. So if his shoulder's fucked up, that's a big surgery. Like that's what Oscar's out, you know, her shoulder. So that'll be about six months. So yeah, when I was checking the uh, the Reddit, people were speculating he might have torn his triceps or something because he had like a big red spot on his arm. Yeah, like a big bump. I don't know. But um. But, it, like, if you separate your shoulder and you put it back in yourself, you can really fuck a bunch of shit up in there, you know? I can tear a bunch of shit. So, hopefully he's all right. But if he's out for a while, man, it's going to be the Cody show. He's going to take that belt and run with it. <laughs> but get ready, Tuffy. Sure. Get ready. I'll give Cody uh, this. Like, at least he doesn't look exactly like all the other guys. Like, I swear to God, like, 80% of the fucking, you know, men's wrestlers are all have long, slick back, you know, wet, black hair with the same beard. fucking beard. It's like, yeah. I can't yeah. tell these guys apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, Monday night, yeah, we had one guy differentiate himself, no more beard. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, that was on Monday night. Uh, but, yeah, Cody's got the bright, dyed, uh, platinum blonde hair. I like Cody. Uh, I like seeing him in the uh, main event, so this will be <laughs> interesting. Um, but I thought this match was great. Cody was a little rusty at the start. He kind of fucked up a few little things, but by the end, the match got really good. And Seth is as good as it gets in the ring. And how, how awesome is it now with Seth? We were talking about entrance music. Everyone sings through his song now. They, they just sing the yeah. Seth song. It's so good. So uh, yeah, the uh, it, embrace division is really working out there. Yeah, it elevates them. So uh, it's a great match. Probably the second best match. Of the two week of the two nights, I would say. At least. In terms uh, of I mean, I know what my number one was. Yeah, like in, in terms, terms of, of like technical it, wrestling, sure. Yes. In terms of yeah, entertainment, because, it's like five, six at best. But in terms of entertainment, <laughs> there were two matches on the second night that were way up above. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second night was great. But like, I guess the consensus among wrestling fans is they all love the first night. And the second night, where I thought the second night was... Well, I guess I'm a mark, because I love the second night. <laughs> yeah, I like the first night, too, because of Becky and Cody. But uh, night two had a couple moments that were unparalleled in the history of WrestleMania. That <laughs> so we'll get to. <laughs> so, uh, all right, next up, we have Charlotte, Charlotte Flair defeating Ronda Rousey by pinfall. This was fine. You know, no one was looking forward to this at all because no one gives a fuck about either of them at this point. Yeah, I'm just um, glad Charlotte won. Yeah, I guess I saw Ronda challenged her to a no or an I quit match at Backlash, the next pay-per-view, and I guess Charlotte told her no. So I'm guessing the next couple of weeks they'll build to that. <laughs> and she'll eventually say yes or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, Charlotte was fine here. Ronda was fine. Ronda's fine in the ring, you know. It's just don't give her a mic. It's yeah. Terrible. Um, <laughs> But it was fine, you know, nothing yeah. great, but nothing awful. Uh, then the main event of the night, the KO show, Kevin Owens has Stone Cold Steve Austin on the KO show. And, of course, he comes down and he says, hey, Steve, i got to tell you, I tricked you. I actually invited you here to have a fight. Yeah. And he was making fun of Texas again. And he had a great line in here, Tuffy, where he says, uh, 
You were born in Texas. Why didn't you just move to Mexico? It's right there. Let's go to Mexico. That was, that was pretty great. But uh, actually did have a match. And uh, I will say this, Stone Cold, his knees are completely shot. I felt bad trying to win yeah. the around. I mean, he's an old man. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah, his knees he's were like shot. holding stuff up with the ropes. They're still very uh, shot. But I'll say this. This match went on. It was, an, it was a uh, no-holds-barred deal. They could fight all throughout the arena, and they went all throughout the arena. But at, the longer they went, the better Steve looked, I thought. And uh, I think by the yeah. end, you know, he, he was looking like his old self pretty much. Because, again, when he wrestled, he just had kicks, punches, the Luthez press, uh, the kick to the belly, the stunner. That's pretty much all he did. <laughs> like, that's all he did. Yeah. So, uh, he ages well as a wrestler. But it was, this was actually fairly entertaining. And uh, Stone Cold took a suplex onto the concrete floor outside the ring. Yeah. That was crazy. Why are you doing that? Yeah. You, don't have to, you don't need to be doing that. Because uh, they only have to do it once ever again. So, hey, why not? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, big. KO hit him with a stunner and got a two count. And then uh, Stone Cold kicked out. And then KO went to hit Steve with a uh, chair. Uh, Austin ducked. <laughs> KO hit the top rope and popped <laughs> yeah. back, hit him in the head, and knocked him loose. <laughs> Stone Cold kicked him, stunned him. One, two, three. That ending was awesome. Loved the ending. Yep. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah, this was 13 pretty minutes good. and 55 seconds. So, yeah, it went way longer than I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be like one minute, you know? But So, 13, 55. Yeah. That's... Like some punches, Stone Cold stuns him, and that was it. Was kind of what I was expecting. That, I guess that's why they they build this as a KO show and not as an official match because going into it, Stone Cold wasn't sure. He didn't want to cheat the fans, bill it as a match, and not be able to deliver. So if you bill it yeah. as a KO show and then a match erupts, he's like, all right, well, whatever happens, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but I thought they delivered. I, I was very entertained. It was great seeing Austin again uh, hitting a stunner. And then he hit Byron Saxton with a stunner, too, as a, as a tradition. He called Saxton in there. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. Was a stunner. Uh, yeah, it's great to see Stone Cold. Toffee, did you enjoy the Stone Cold match? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was all you Jank. could ask for out of Stone Cold. Jank, did you ever <laughs> experience uh, Stone Cold back in the day? Like, uh, were you? Uh, um, I mean, I definitely knew who he was and knew you know what he was all about. I don't know if I ever actually watched one of his matches prior to this, wow. but yeah. I've certainly seen clips and stuff. Hey, you know what you saw with Stone Cold in it? Uh, what was that movie you watched? Oh, uh, what was that thing called? The Remember Damage? That? The Damaged. Yeah, Damaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was a big move. I call this move The Damage. That's right. <laughs> Punch you in the chest. The Damage. <laughs> so there you go. That's night one of WrestleMania. Uh, the longest match of the night. Tuffy uh, was Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins, 21 minutes, 40 seconds, followed by Becky and Bianca, 19 minutes and 10 seconds. So Yeah, I saw Seth Rollins right. taking some gigs at uh, Melzer later in the week, too, saying like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we have to six, yeah. seven, eight, nine stars. Where are we at now? Yeah, he hates <laughs> Dave Meltzer, and everybody does. Because Dave Meltzer, I used to tolerate Dave Meltzer, but then when AEW came around, he uh, he just lost his fucking mind because he's best friends with Kenny Omega <laughs> and the Young Bucks. So whatever they do, he just raves about, and it's fucking terrible. And he's like, oh, my God, they're so fucking awesome. And he hates the uh, WWE, so it's just like, oh, good Lord. 
So uh, seeing Seth Rollins uh, make fun of him was pretty fucking awesome. And, and also during their yeah. match, he uh, was beating up Cody Rhodes, and he says, welcome back to the big leagues, bitch. And he hit him with something, so that was nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seth freaking Rollins. All right, so uh, night two, here we go. A lot of great stuff on night two. Uh, the, the first match, RK Bro defeated the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. Uh, they always have great matches. The sad part yeah, is we saw this awesome match like a couple weeks ago on Raw, right? Like, we already saw it, so yeah. it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, they, I think they've all wrestled each other individually. I don't know if they've had one big triple threat, or it might have been one person from each team or something, but yeah, this has definitely been great. going on the merry-go-round over and over and over. Yeah, it was a nice match, and uh, we got to see uh, Matt Riddle hit a uh, RKO when uh, um, uh, Gable? On his name. Montez Ford was on the top rope, so that was a nice RKO, and then Ford hit hit an RKO off the diving Chad Gable. So RK bro retains and they're the best tag team. Keep the belts on them. And then, uh, yeah. Gable Steveson came out of the crowd to celebrate with him. And Chad Gable got in his face and then Gable Steveson gave him, gave him an overhead throw. So yeah, that'll be something, I guess. Gable Steveson, Olympic gold medalist will be uh, debuting soon on raw. I take it next up. Bobby Lashley defeated almost by pinfall. Uh, yeah. Jake, were, did you enjoy Bobby Lashley and Omos? I'm sure you're very invested. <laughs> yeah. uh, night two, I did not see as much of. Um, All right. I was doing like a Skype call with my cousins, so I missed most of it, and I just kind of went was, back and watched the good parts later on. I am always yeah, amazed at how close you are to your cousins. You and your cousins are like a cult. <laughs> you guys, do you have weekly meetings? How, what is going on with the Jenk cousins? No, no. <laughs> it's more like, you know, once or once a month, maybe, once every other month. We were, uh, uh, we're planning for Pete's wedding in, uh, in oh. August, so we're all, a bunch of us are going out there. Is Pete marrying Scooch? Is that happening? <laughs> no, they're brothers. Oh. <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> Pete and Scooch. Is Scooch Pete's best man? Uh, well, it's kind of, he's doing, it's, it's his second wedding, so they're not really having much of a oh. wedding. It's more just, uh, yeah, what the fuck? they're going to, they're going to elope sometime in September, but they're having everybody come out in August just for kind of a, you know, pre-wedding party. there's so many janks, you guys just get married over and over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> this, this reminds me of the Charles Foster Kane line in the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Citizen Kane where the guy tells him, hey, you, you're, you're the kind of person who needs to make more than one mistake, don't you? He's getting married again? What a... <laughs> he doing? I, I think doing? this one will be successful <laughs> if I hope <laughs> hey I, like I always say if you get sent home from Vietnam you don't sign up for another tour of duty you know what I'm saying you stay home <laughs> you stay out of there <laughs> so, good yeah, Mike Dell didn't even make it to a wedding the second time he just took Gina from elsewhere out and uh, <laughs> he had his own uh, he made it as far as the newly friend game yeah, the new man had offensive going on. <laughs> we should uh, we should bring. I thought of this the other day when I was talking to Brandon. We should bring him and his lady on to do the uh, the newlywed game. Him and his wife. See how they. Oh uh, yeah, I'd be entertaining. That'd be great. But, um, but anyway, well, our best to Pete. I hope it works out for Pete. Uh, Scooch, yeah, he's not married, is he? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> how old is Scooch? Uh, he just turned 22. Oh, okay. Holy hell. Yeah, I thought he was like, yeah. Older than that. just a kid, Scooch. 
right. Yeah. The youngster. All right, uh, Tuffy, Bobby Lashley, and almost Bobby Lashley won. We were talking about this last week, how it's a tough call here. If you beat the Giant, then he's no longer really an opposing Giant. But Bobby Lashley's awesome, so you want to give him a win. So they have Lashley beat Omos, and he actually, like, suplexed him and took him off his feet and stuff. So yeah. It would seem like Omos is dead in the water now. But then on Monday night, they had uh, MVP come out and turn on Bobby Lashley and side with Omos. So that saves Omos yeah. having MVP with him, you know? So yeah, that'll be good. Because yeah. Omos does not need a mic in his hand, really. No. And uh, <laughs> he can't really wrestle either. So that's kind of tough. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm hoping this it's means different. like uh, Bobby Lashley goes and gets uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander and brings the hurt business back, but I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, yeah, I love Lashley though, so it's good seeing him win. Hey, I don't have Bobby Lashley on WWE champions. Do you have him, Tuffy? No. Yeah, I got to get Lashley. Well, All I right. got the hurt business Shelton Benjamin, but not Bobby yeah, Lashley. Yeah, don't have him. Don't have him either. All right, next up, we, uh, the night we have Kevin Jenks' main event. Johnny Knoxville oh, defeated yeah. Sami Zayn by pinfall. Yes. Anything goes, Matt. Oh, yeah. my God. This was true. This right, great, Jenks. too. Walk this is what wrestling this, should what'd be. What did you think of this? What did you think of this? <laughs> um, I mean, like, like I said, this is the greatest thing. I mean, if all wrestling was like this, I would watch it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want that. Um, you don't want all wrestling to be like this, but it is nice having this kind of match every once in a while. You know, it's really fun. Uh, you know. Well, I mean, I don't buy it when they're all trying to be serious. Like, oh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, they're really mad at each other. Like, oh, but they're <laughs> kind of throwing punches that aren't connecting and shit. So it's like, <laughs> how mad are they? So I, I don't buy the serious stuff. Just do the goofy shit. Jank <laughs> wants giant mouse traps made time. out of PVC pipe. Yeah. <laughs> I will so, say they uh, got to probably work on where they hide the props because there's a lot of problems pulling things out from under the <laughs> ring there. Yeah, well, there's only so Kwan, much you can do. Yeah, uh, yeah Jank wants a foot <laughs> on a stick to kick you in the groin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fireworks shooting up your ass and shit. So, yeah, I, I don't know how to start this, but, uh, yeah, he's wrestling Johnny Knoxville, and Johnny Knoxville comes out with his Andy Kaufman outfit, except he has red shorts and a JK on the front, uh, I guess, and uh, – he uh, they start and he's wearing goggles as well. Do you think he's wearing goggles yeah. to protect his eye? Because remember we talked about he had that eye injury where he sneezed and his eye came out. Remember that? Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So I wonder if he got onto the crowd. I thought they were just there for comedy's sake, but after a while I'm like, wait, no, he has that horrific eye injury. So yeah, maybe those are there to protect his eye. Um, yeah. But uh, so they're they're wrestling, and of course uh, Sami Zayn is having to get in the better of it. But then the jackassery starts. They start busting out the jackass. Oh, yeah. And, you got uh, a jackass <laughs> crew sitting in the front row by the timekeeper, kind of. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't remember the first jackass thing situation that happened, but at some point, Party Boy comes in the ring, and he starts yeah. doing his yeah. dance. <laughs> he strips naked, rips his clothes <laughs> off, yep. his little pants, <laughs> and he's rubbing up on Sammy's Was it Corey eggs. Graves and Byron Saxton commentating? Because uh, I think it was Byron <laughs> saying, oh, I've seen no, no, Party no. Boy naked before. It's Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Oh, okay. And Adam and Michael Cole, because Pat McAfee's a big jackass fan, and yeah, he was saying I've seen the, uh, Party yeah. Boy's ass more than. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Michael Cole kept going on with that one. Yeah. It's like, wait, yeah, explain Mike... to me when you've seen Party Boy naked before. 
in McAfee. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so that started the jackassery stuff. And then not long after that, uh, Sami Zayn goes under the ring to pull out something from under the ring, and then he gets punched in the nose by Wee Man. Wee Man comes out from under the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and Wee Man just <laughs> opens up a can of whoop-ass on Sami Zayn, just throwing punches, <laughs> going all after him. And then they go back in the ring, and Wee Man body slams Sami Zayn. And it wasn't some joke <laughs> body slam. He was great. He scooped no. him. He held him there for yeah. a second, and then he slammed him. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. He was holding him up over his head. Yeah, that was impressive. Like, <laughs> Sami Zayn's not an enormous man, but he's got he's got to be at least 195, 200 pounds, right? He's a, he's a big guy. Oh, yeah. Like, he's probably a solid 200. Yeah, because he's gotten bigger as he's gotten older. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, man – how strong is Wee Man? Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. He's got the proportional strength strength of a man twice his size. Like an ant, this guy. I heard, uh, <laughs> yeah. I saw someone say that he once walked around with Shaquille O'Neal on his back. Is that true? <laughs> I don't even see how that's physically possible. I guess Shaquille no. O'Neal, like, crouched down and, like, got on his back and, like, took his feet off the ground and Wee Man was walking around with him. Holy but I, I just don't see how Shaquille O'Neal could be yeah. on his back and not any part of him touching the ground. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I, I read on the, yeah. uh, on the wrestling side. Must be very limber. <laughs> or how Wee Man's legs wouldn't just collapse under him with like 400 pounds on his back. Yeah, like a Rick Boog situation, you know? His knee just exploding. Yeah. But, uh, so, wow, it's Wee Man. Don't fuck with Wee Man. He'll, uh, but then later, uh, yeah, Wee Man pulled out this foot on a stick, and they were setting it up to kick Sami Zayn in the balls. But instead, Sami Zayn just came over and gave him the haluva kick right in the mush, kicked him right in the face, and uh, <laughs> knocked him out of the ring. <laughs> that was pretty great. There was a uh, there was a table like under the under the the, the ring that uh, Sami Zayn pulled out. It had a bunch of mouse traps on it. Yeah, and he's just, yeah. he was setting it up, and it looked like they were not going to do anything with it. And it was, it was kept, nothing ever happened until like the uh, end of the match. Finally, they started yeah. using it. That's, like, oh, that's you better the, pay uh, that key. off. That's the key here, Jank. <laughs> I'll let you in on a little secret about wrestling. Whenever a wrestler sets something up like that outside, he's going to be the one to go through it. <laughs> yeah, it won't be until uh, later in the match. Yeah, whoever sets it up, it usually goes through it. So just that's a trade secret. But yeah, he set up a big table with mouse traps. Um, so then uh, they, they get back in the ring, and, like, uh, Sami Zayn is about to uh, – he's going to come off the top rope on Knoxville, but then Knoxville raises his hand up with the remote control. He presses a button, and sparks come out of the, the uh, post up uh, Sami Zayn's uh, pooper, and he falls down on the mat, and, and he's, like uh, – he's cowering in the corner there holding his ass. And then uh, Johnny Knoxville gets a bowling ball. And he rolls the bowling ball right into Sammy Zane's balls. <laughs> and, oh, and then, that was tremendous. And then eventually they do the leg the, on a, the foot on a stick thing, and they kick him in the balls with it. And then at some point, Sammy Zane goes up on the top rope again, but he's real nervous because he's worried about the sparks, so he kicks it up top to check. <laughs> then he climbs up. But then uh, Knoxville runs over with the salad tongs, grabs him by the balls, and throws him out of the ring, and that's when Zane – takes the fall through the table with the mousetraps on it. And then they bring him back in the ring, and all the jackass guys are there, and they put Sami Zayn in a giant six-foot mousetrap. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Knoxville goes to pull the string to trigger the trap, and the string breaks. So he's like, fuck. But uh, 
Johnny Knoxville, if it's one thing about him, he knows exactly how mouse traps work. So he crawls over and he pulls the lever for the mouse trap, and of course it hits him in the head. But then it goes down and it clamps on Sammy Zane, <laughs> and it pins Sammy Zane. He gets on top of Zane. One, two, three. Johnny Knoxville wins. Man, uh, like the Jim Cornette, he uh, he almost lost his mind uh, reviewing this match. He fucking hates it. You know, he, it's all stupid. But this match was awesome. This was so entertaining. Yeah, that was great. It, I loved it. I loved every second of it. <laughs> I was riveted. Like, like it went above and beyond my expectations. Like I thought it would be kind of goofy or silly, but this was so well done. Everything they did was awesome. And uh, Sami Zayn, how good is Sami Zayn at what he does? I mean, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there aren't he many people it. that could pull this off, you know. And man, he was just so. Uh... Yeah, I was yeah, impressed. <laughs> Yeah, because Jank to like, do all that all for them, the, like that's. Yeah, because all through the indie scene, Jank, like Sami Zayn's recognized as one of the best in-ring workers there is. Technical, everything. He's like one of the best guys there is in-ring work. So it's crazy. Some people are mad that he's doing this kind of stuff, but he's loving it. He <laughs> says he's having the time of his yeah. life, and he says this is the match he's most proud of probably in his career because of how well it went. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was great. Yeah, loved it. He's he's a team player. You gotta, I gotta respect that guy. I love him, man. Because <laughs> it's crazy. Like if you don't know Sami Zayn, in the old days, well, he wrestled under a mask. Uh, he was El Generico, but then when he was in NXT, he was like the purest of babyface. Like he was such a babyface. You would never imagine him as a heel. And then now he's such a great heel. He's got like the Fidel Castro outfit, and he's all conspiracy theory yeah. guy. And, um, he's just so good as a heel. Uh, yeah, he's another guy I need to get on Champions. I need to get the new Sami Zayn on Champions. Yeah. So there it is, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Great stuff. Um, that lasted 14 minutes and 25 seconds. That's a lot of entertainment in 14 minutes. You can go back and watch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop times <laughs> and all kind of shit they pulled out from under there. Next up, we had the women's tag title match. Uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi defeated Carmella and Queen Zelina, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Um, yeah, the, uh, the big story ah. here is uh, Liv Morgan dressing like Catwoman. And, yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> oh, that was incredible. Came down I, I didn't like the mask. When she took the mask off, it was much better. <laughs> uh, apparently, she's auctioning that whip. It's on WWE auction site right now, and uh, the last bid I saw was five thousand dollars. You can have that Liv Morgan whip for five grand. <laughs> um, yeah, but this match was fine. Yeah, when they, yeah, go ahead, Tommy. When they came out, I went to go check the Twitters to get like uh, do some research on the uh, the Catwoman outfit <laughs> for Liv Morgan. There, people were big fans on Twitter. I gotta say. <laughs> Yeah, and Rhea Ripley is awesome, too. They're a nice little tag team together. But it looks like they're going to split now because they're building that story. So it looks like uh, Rhea is going to dump Liv here soon because Rhea needs yeah. to be a title contender. She needs to be in the main event, so get her up there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this match was fine. Nothing too awesome. Yeah. It's just middle of the road, but it was fine. Sasha was also great. Yeah, Sasha always looks awesome. And they had a nice finisher. Carmella looked good at the beginning until they put that mask on her. <laughs> yeah, well, she has to put the mask on her body still looking face. good. You got to protect her. <laughs> yeah, face. that's been. <laughs> I know. That's been the thing for like six months. Is she puts the mask on to protect her face. And uh, Jank, I don't uh, know if you're aware of this. 
But if Carmella and Queen Zelina, had they won this match, they're going to have uh, Corey Graves and Carmella are going to have a live sex celebration in the middle of the ring. What's going to happen? Yeah. So, yeah, it did not Everyone happen. Should have just thrown it. I don't know <laughs> what they were thinking. So, uh, yeah, that match was all right. All right, so next up we have Edge defeating uh, AJ Styles by pinfall. This was a really good match, but um, it was well, first we had AJ Styles versus the uh, entryway. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, entranceway was shaped like a star because it's Cowboy Stadium. So uh, AJ, when he was walking out, he bonked his cheek right on the side of the star because it's on <laughs> yeah. point. And, and yeah. he opened up his cheek, so he's bleeding walking to the ring. And, of course, Dave Meltzer, the great journalist that he's, he is, he says the fireworks cut AJ's cheek. No, Dave Meltzer, fireworks do not cut his cheek. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, he walked into the set and it bonked his cheek. So uh, Pat McAfee on his show this week when he was talking about his WrestleMania experience, he said uh, he was getting ready backstage there, and a producer came up to him and he said, hey, uh, when you walk out, remember – that it's a pointed sloping entrance. So walk to the middle of the star and then come out. Don't just turn the corner and walk out. And he's like, uh, all right. Yeah. And then another producer came up and said, Hey, Pat, when you walk out, remember it's a slant. And he's like, why? Okay. Someone else just told me this. Why are you telling this? Because, Oh, cause AJ just cut himself walking out. He, uh, he walked right into it. And then he said a third producer came up and said, hey, when you go out, make sure. <laughs> so, yeah, poor AJ. Uh, he's, he's bleeding yeah, before he even gets match. Yeah, it was really good. But I think it suffered just from the fact that everyone was still so high off the Knoxville stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. For me, I couldn't sure. – it was tough getting into it because it's like that Knoxville stuff was so awesome. And I was kind of like <laughs> a little spent by this point in the evening. But it was a good yeah. match. Uh, the ending was pretty terrible, I thought. Uh, Damian Priest just walks out and stands there, and AJ's, like, distracted yeah. for a I hate that shit. I just hate that shit so much. Uh, yeah. Like, if Priest's going to come uh, out, have him fucking do something. You know, he just stands there. Like, why would that be a thing? You know? I don't... Like, like why would AJ be so worried that Damian Priest is yeah. standing by the way? Yeah, he doesn't know uh, Damian Priest and Edge are getting together now. Yeah, so, like, why would he fucking care? Uh, like if he if the ref is distracted and Damian Priest hits him or something, all right, that's fine. But so but then on Monday Night Raw, uh, we mentioned this last week that the rumor was Edge was going to have his own faction with Damian Priest. Uh, there is talk that Rhea Ripley will be joining them, and maybe Tommaso oh. Champa. So they will have a eh. giant faction. <laughs> you don't like Champa? Champa. Uh, he can wrestle Butch, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Put the tiny guys together. Speaking of which, next up we have Sheamus and Ridge Holland. With Butch in their corner defeating the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods by pinfall, uh, I didn't really watch this. I got up to make my uh, protein shake at this point. Yeah, I don't know what I... this was because it was over in like two minutes. <laughs> a minute and forty seconds. Yeah, by the time I came back from making my protein drink, uh, this was done, and I just saw Butch was in the ring beating up Xavier <laughs> Woods. Because I, I thought uh, this was originally on the schedule for night one, so I don't know. Yes. What happened? But uh, they they were running long in night one. I guess they wanted to keep the extra time for uh, Austin, you know. So they this got bumped. But and then I guess night two was probably running long too. So they said, all right, we'll give you a minute. Go out, have fun. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, we get I think uh, the highlight of the whole night and the uh, whole weekend. Yeah. Pat McAfee against Austin Theory with Mr. <laughs> McMahon in his corner. So so yeah. first, uh, 
uh, Austin Theory comes out and Vince McMahon walks out. He's doing his little strut and they get in the ring. And then Pat McAfee comes out, Seven Nation Army playing, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders walking to the ring. Fucking that awesome. was awesome. Electric. Electric in there. <laughs> yeah, because we should and, mention and, they uh, had uh, they had special uh, entries for a couple people over the weekend. Like Becky drove out in a like a Lamborghini, and Bianca Belair had like no, a whole uh, college no, no, marching no, Becky, band. Becky came yeah, out. Sasha, like I think, big, right? She came out in like a big SUV with like a shirt. Oh yeah. Sasha and Naomi. Sasha drove out in the Lamborghini, and like Naomi Jop jumped in, and they drove like another five feet. <laughs> and then they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got out. Yeah, Bianca had the marching band. Um, Seth Rollins had a bunch of people on stage, like, singing his song, like the chorus kind of. Yeah. Thing. Cowboy hats. Um, I can't think. Is that all the special entrances, I think? Yeah, and then Pat Maxey with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders was fantastic. Yeah, because they fall under the ring, and then they did a little <laughs> loop around the ring, and then they marched back up. I was all, he also punted a football on his way down the ramps. Yeah. And, the football and, punted <laughs> yeah. the crowd. and he, he yeah. said – he said there was a big discussion about the footballs, too, like before the show. Like, I guess they're looking at footballs. And I don't know if Vince or someone else said, but is that a WrestleMania football? We need to make the footballs really good. Big discussion about the footballs. Uh, but, yeah, so he wrestles yeah. Austin Theory. Really entertaining match because, again, Pat is really good. He's a natural. He's like a Logan Paul. He's a, really, he's a natural athlete, and he loves wrestling. So he's really good. And he did his uh he did the same move down in NXT, but Austin Theory's on the top rope. Pat just runs and jumps. Well, first of all, he pushes him off the top rope. Pat does a back somersault, lands on his feet, then run and just jumps and lands on the top rope and superplexes Austin Theory. That move's awesome, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Top. Crowd goes nuts for yep. that. Um and uh eventually Austin Theory, of course, gets the advantage and he's about to hit his finisher, but Pat reverses it, rolls him up one, two, three crowd goes nuts everyone loves it that's how you should end that match because austin theory you know he's going to be your legit champion at some point so you don't want to make him look weak yeah. too much but uh, a quick roll-up is the perfect way to do it so that was great um jank did you watch austin, uh, pat mcafee here with austin theory no <laughs> oh you sound <laughs> pretty much the only ones i watched on night three was uh the, the ladies match the jackass one and uh the, the main event Oh, you should well, have watched this, this was, over the main event. Yeah, this was really good. Uh, <laughs> because, all right, so McAfee's celebrating. Uh, Austin Theory goes outside the ring. Vince is talking to him, saying, you know, you let me down here. You know, you fucked up. So Vince is acting like he's going to take off his coat and get in the ring. And he plays it up. He milks it. And well, McAfee uh, he starts talking fast, like, to Vince about Austin Theory, too. Like, he's dragging Vince in a little bit. Yeah, so uh, then Vince actually gets in the ring and takes his shirt off, and Vince is still super jacked for a 76-year-old guy. <laughs> yeah, but he moves like a 76-year-old guy. <laughs> yes. I mean, what do you want? What the fuck? But he's, jacked. he's also wearing a black tank top, which is, of course, Pat McAfee's signature look, so I thought that was a nice touch. Um, and uh, so they have a match. He, like, clothesline. He, McAfee's just running towards Vince and, and taking a bump on a yeah. clothesline a couple of times. This, McAfee did great, though. He really sold it. And, like, Vince throws him into the top turnbuckle a couple times. And then uh, – Yeah, I mean, Vince looked terrible in the ring, but this was still entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just awesome seeing Vince in the ring again. So then Austin – I do want to like, see the old man fight. He, he crotches uh, McAfee on the ring post to give uh, Vince the advantage again. And then Vince gets a football in the ring, and he's selling like he's going to kick it in the crowd, teasing the crowd. And then he just walks over kicks it right into 
Pat McAfee's stomach and <laughs> his ribs. And then he rolls him over and gets the one, two, three. <laughs> it was a goofy ending, but what the fuck? It was it was mystic man. It was awesome. Yeah. So then, uh, and then the highlight of the weekend. Yeah, so Austin Theory comes in there. You hear the glass over. shatter. I don't know about you, Tuffy, <laughs> but uh, I, like – I wasn't even thinking that Austin could come in. Like, because they were running, like, that match with McAfee was going way longer than it should have, you know, but they were building. Yeah, it was like a half an hour of Pat McAfee out there already. Yeah, they were just doing it to, like, build to Austin. But at the time, I, like, Austin was completely out of my mind. I was like, wow, this is going on too long. This is getting, but they're doing that on purpose to get the people mad, you know, that this is going on too long. Yeah. And then Austin's music hits, and holy fuck, this is amazing. (laughs) This is amazing. Like, were you expecting Austin to come out? It completely slipped my mind. No, not at all. Yeah, like that he was. I thought it was like Vince losing his mind again, just going like, "Well, yeah. once Pat McAfee wins, I'll just beat him up because I'm Vince." So, it was, <laughs> so the minute Austin's music hits, uh, not unlike uh, Jank walking down to the ring with that Jerkit song, the crowd goes nuts. <laughs> they just go crazy, and, and Austin walks in the ring. He stuns Austin Theory, and then he's talking to Vince, and they're they're like going to share one of his beers together. And Vince is, like, taking all cautious, like, if he can trust him, you know, he's, like, being all cautious, but then he tastes it, he's like, ah, oh, this is pretty good. And then Austin gives him the stunner. Well, he tries to give him a stunner. He kicks him in the belly, and uh, when he gives him the kick, what, what do you think happened here, Tuffy? Do you think Vince, I heard someone say that they thought Vince um, was, I think a 70-something-year-old-man just kind of lost his balance and stumbled backwards. <laughs> but it, oh, no. it almost seemed like Vince <laughs> forgot that Austin kicks him in the belly, and, like, he was selling this, he was doing the stunner sell on the kick. Instead of the belly yeah. cell, you know what I mean? Because he drops to his knees. So then Austin's like laughing. He's trying to pick him up, and Vince is a seventy-six-year-old man. He can barely stand, and he's losing his balance. And then Austin goes to give him the stunner, and Vince falls backwards into the ropes. And then he's like, he's sw- he's like a fish out of water. He's flopping all over the place. And then uh, <laughs> he finally gets a hold of him, and he hits him with the stunner. And, and Vince takes the worst stunners in the history of the planet. Like, this isn't just the fact that he's old that he took a bad stunner. Even when he was, like, in yeah. his 40s, he took a very bad stunner. Uh, so he takes the worst stunner ever. He just, like, kind of crumbles. Yeah, he just falls and over. And Austin gets up, and he is laughing his ass off about Vince. It was just such a great moment. Like, to see Austin all smiling and happy and jumping around. Oh, it was so oh. It was so fucking awesome. And, uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, like Austin's like flying around the ring like an airplane, his arms out. He's like, oh, this is great. He's <laughs> just having a great time with it. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then uh, we, we forgot to talk about Austin Theory's sell of the stunner. Like he hits Austin with it. Oh, he does like great. A, he does a combination of he Scott was... Hall and The Rock. Like Scott Hall yeah. flipping up, but also flipping and flopping like The Rock. And uh, so that was pretty awesome. And uh, so everyone's going nuts. And Pat McAfee this whole time is out on the ground uh, next to the commentator table. And he's out there on his back, and he's pouring a beer into his mouth while he's on the ground. He's just... No, he he came back in the ring to celebrate with Stone Cold, and then he got the oh, stunner. I thought that was before the. Okay, so that was after. So no, I uh, think that was after he got the stunner. So he 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 calls him. Yeah, it was after. Yeah, so he calls Vince into the ring, or not Vince. He calls McAfee into the ring, and McAfee's all excited because Stone Cold's his boyhood hero. He's interviewed him. You know, they're good buddies. And they're celebrating, drinking the beers. They go to the opposite corners. They come back down. They're going to drink some more beers. Uh, but then Austin kicks him in the belly, hits him with a stunner. And McAfee. Another great. Hurt. Oh, this guy yeah. was so great. Like had he a mouthful gets... of beer that he did like a spit take when he got hit with the stunner. Yeah, he just get, got up on his tiptoes and like fell over like a tree toppling. And he spit the beer out. And it was so awesome. Such a great sell. And uh, 
Austin's loving it. Everyone's going crazy. Yeah, so then Pat rolls out of the ring, and he while he's uh, selling the stunner on the ground, he's just pouring a beer into his mouth, his open mouth, like pouring it from about <laughs> eight inches. It was it's great. Um, wow, what a what a moment. That really should have been the the end of WrestleMania. You know, like the show should have ended there because there's no yeah, you're not coming back from Stone Cold stunning a 76 year old Vince McMahon. That should have been it. <laughs> but, you know, what can you do? We still have the match of the weekend. Everyone's looking forward to this. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in the main event. This is going to be awesome. Uh, it really wasn't that great. It was all right. It was fine. No. Yeah, there were. That's the thing with these Brock Lesnar matches. Whenever they have, like, a match against him and uh, another big guy, it t- they tend to just spam finishers. Like, just spear yeah. five. That's all they do. I like when Brock wrestles like Finn Balor or uh, Daniel Bryan or Samoa Joe. They have like actual great matches. But whenever it's these main events against other big dudes, they just spam finishers. It's like, ah, whatever. We've seen this before. Now, who knows if Roman's legitimately injured, maybe the match is going to be eventually gotten better, you know, but it was fine, but it yeah. wasn't anything to write home about. It was kind of a letdown, especially after, uh, you know, Austin and McMahon. Yeah. But but still, overall, Tuffy, uh, a hell of a weekend for wrestling. It was. It was great. Yeah, again, for the people who say it shouldn't be two nights, you're fucking nuts. It was awesome for two nights, <laughs> and it, they sold like 150,000 tickets. And uh, yeah, it's this is the way to go. The uh, two nights. Uh, so I, I don't know, Tuffy. This was like the most enjoyable WrestleMania. Like last year's was fine, but the card really wasn't that great. Um, then you yeah. had the the one without the fans during the pandemic. So that really wasn't even a WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this was, was probably the, the most enjoyable WrestleMania. The women's since triple maybe threat match when, was a good one. I'm trying to think. Uh, the Becky two belts, I want to say. But that match was, but that's that like was four years ago. Though. That was like a nine hour show. Remember? And she came on after yeah. one o'clock. I think. And so that hurt that. You might have to go back. Uh, New Orleans started out good. Oscar, Charlotte, Rousey, and Angle, and um, but then it kind of tanked after that. You might have to go all the way back to when Seth cashed in Money in the Bank to get the title off uh, Roman for a WrestleMania. That was this entertaining. Yeah, I wasn't even watching uh, wrestling at that um, point. So yeah, but this was a very entertaining WrestleMania. Like one out of ten, I, I gave this a nine out of ten because it yeah. was. I was thoroughly sports entertained. Like, cause the high, yeah. the highs always, were very high. Like that knock. You're always going to have some come down matches after those like yeah. actual WrestleMania moments. But like that whole McAfee match and the stunner on Austin on Vince, that's like one of my favorite moments ever at a WrestleMania. That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> that was yeah. so awesome. And then Johnny Knoxville was great. Becky Bianca was great. Seth and Cody. Um, so yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, uh, I do great. not like, like, Goldberg coming in to wrestle or the old dudes who come back for the pay-per-views, but the stone cold both nights was just absolute perfection. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's so over. He <laughs> figured out how to do it. Right. It's awesome. And, and like yeah. I said, his moves that just age as well. Cause all he was was punching and kicking. That's all he did anyway. So it, it works. Um, and yeah, it was great. Yeah, Like I think really of the, uh, the Goldberg and Shawn Michaels and triple H in Saudi Arabia is like the polar opposite of what stone cold was this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, like Shawn Michaels, he is not going to age well as a wrestler just because he did so much crazy shit, you know. So uh kind of looks exactly like he did 20 years ago, you know. I mean, 
Yeah. It's not like he lost his hair. Yeah. He never had hair to begin with. You know? <laughs> he looks the same. Um, yeah, it was great. Thoroughly sports entertained. And then uh, Monday Night Raw, uh, it's always the big night after WrestleMania, the biggest draw of the year. It started out really great, I thought. I thought like the first hour and a half of that show was really well done, really well paced. A lot of stories. Yeah. Then it kind of like lost steam as it went along. And then by the end, it's like, oh, who fucking cares? And then the main event, like, <laughs> Roman just came out and saying, hey, I'll have an announcement on SmackDown. That was the main event. He just came out, and that's all he said. Tune in on SmackDown. I mean, the oh, best part right. of Raw was when uh, Elias' brother Ezekiel showed up. <laughs> yes, Elias' little brother, Ezekiel. Jenk, uh, do you know Elias? Do you know him at all? Walk with Elias? Uh, no. I remember you talking about him before, but no. Yeah, he was always great. He was awesome as a heel. Um, uh, but he's another guy with the black hair and the beard and everything. Uh, so now he's oh, been boy. off TV for about – how long has he been off TV, Tuffy? Like at least eight months, it seems, ten months? I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while because I was looking uh, after Monday night, and I saw on his Wikipedia, it's like apparently at some point last summer or fall, he like burned his guitar and said yeah. he was done with that. I don't remember that at <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they showed that a couple of times. Um, but then uh, – so they bring out this guy named Ezekiel. I was like, hey, that guy looks kind of – it's it's Elias, but now he has a different haircut, and he's shaved his beard. And he looks like a completely looks different like a dude. totally like different person. Yeah. It's like, who is that guy? Whoa. <laughs> does, does not look like a lot. Uh, but now he's like a, a uh, wrestler out of the 80s. He's just super jacked and um, yeah. wears his little pants and bright colors. Like hot pink, like short yeah. trunks. It's like, wow, there's <laughs> Ezekiel. <laughs> oh, uh one thing we forgot in the Johnny Knoxville match was they had the giant hand because that was my uh, oh yeah 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 favorite meme <laughs> yeah. from the match was uh, somebody on Twitter posted a picture and said Mark Henry and May Young's son debuts at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's right. Now, Jank, you all realize this, but at one point in the Attitude Era, uh, Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, was in a relationship with May Young, a seventy-year-old woman. And because uh, oh, no. Mark Mark Henry was doing a gimmick where he was called Sexual Chocolate, and he was always getting around, getting around with different women. So he he started having sex with uh, uh, May Young, and he impregnated her. And then when May Young uh, they they filmed her giving birth, she gave birth to a plastic hand. <laughs> a, a big rubber like hand. Almost like a Ronald McDonald glove kind of a hand. And no one knows what the fuck that was supposed to be. They're like, what is that? Yeah. And uh, so uh, I guess the story behind it is I had no idea, but Vince McMahon, apparently such hands were like considered a sex toy in the 1970s. Like that was a sex toy. Oh, wow. So, so the idea was that, that Mae Young had that stuck inside her all those years and it finally came out. <laughs> That was a joke lost on everybody except Vince McMahon. <laughs> yes, because I I just heard the explanation for that a couple of years ago, and uh, I think the Bruce Pritchard wow. podcast. I think, but uh, That's amazing. yeah, so so that is pretty funny. The big hand, Renee Young, or May Young, <laughs> kid, and Mark Henry, smack him in the face. Um, yeah, good times. So uh, yeah, it was a banner weekend for the WWE. Quite the. Uh, success it was wrestlemania is pretty much universally praised by everybody even jank right jank he loved it so uh, <laughs> uh sure parts of it <laughs> so good for them having themselves a weekend um 
I don't know, Tuffy. Uh, so I guess we agree that the Austin Vince stuff was the best thing in the weekend, right? Oh yeah, by a mile. And then Becky Bianca, and I like Cody yeah, and that that's probably my favorite match. Uh, but yeah, it was good stuff all around. So um, good for them. Uh, next up, WrestleMania Backlash. I guess that's the next pay per view. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a downer. I feel like. Yeah. Well, it depends what's going on with Roman. Any news on the Twitter about Roman? I haven't seen anything, but uh, who knows? So, all right. What's uh, WrestleMania backlash? Well, they used to just call it it backlash. And then a couple years ago, they started calling it WrestleMania backlash. So it's basically like things (laughs) that happen at WrestleMania. They they still need to tie up some loose ends with stories, which they shouldn't. I, I see WrestleMania as like the season finale, and then you start a new season with new storylines and everything. But apparently, you still mm-hmm. got to keep shit to get going now on WrestleMania Backlash. So, like, we're going to get well, Charlotte. Plus, anything they can put uh, the name WrestleMania on, they'll put it on. Yep. Because the week before, it wasn't Raw. It was WrestleMania Raw. <laughs> and WrestleMania SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Backlash. I'm going to go use my WrestleMania Charmin toilet paper. But Money in the Bank is always a great pay-per-view So that would be nice Uh, Hopefully Oscar's back by that maybe Um, Don't know, we'll see Uh, What else? Uh, Anything else to discuss, Tuffy? Uh, I finished watching Our Flag Means Death Oh, the pirate show Hmm. That's a lot of syllables that don't sound like Twin Peaks Yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's uh pretty good not bad you said that's on you the enjoy HBO? the uh yeah right. it's got the taika waititi and reese darby in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um uh nothing else though toughy uh i don't know what else did i watch this week i mean there's a lot of wrestlemania yeah i watched yeah. a shit ton of wrestling I did nothing all weekend except watch wrestling. I just sat and watched. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched the Survivor. That's uh, still going. Hey, did they catch like that Deadly monster yet? Back this week. They <laughs> no, monster no monster. No. Uh, no. Damn it. Watched Winning Time. That's still pretty enjoyable. I heard that's getting a second season, Winning Time. Yeah, Ooh. that would make sense because they're not very far into the Showtime Lakers. They're like one game into the season so far, five episodes into the show. And, uh, yeah, they got a ways to go. go on for 20 years. Um, yeah, I, I haven't gambled all the week. the new mash. I, I took a oh, whole nice. week off of gambling. Um, I'll probably get back in it next week maybe. You're doing we'll it. See. But, uh, yeah, I was playing a lot of champions this week to get that uh, faction kickoff contest, you know. Yeah. I can only do so much that I tap these, out. Uh, I gotta say, these people <laughs> in this faction You're so busy. just love to complain on Facebook. <laughs> I don't even go to the Facebook <laughs> page. I don't know. What are they complaining about? Um, that nobody participates or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I was going to say, yeah, it should be because no one this isn't like a top <laughs> 10 faction. I don't know what you're expecting out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's not everybody's puppy playing 500 matches a week for no reason. Our faction, uh, it's nice the fact that uh, you don't have to do much and you can still be in a faction. 
But uh, you also don't get any prizes or any rewards because our faction sucks. No one does shit. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. then there's like ten people out of the hundred who think that everybody should be playing all the time and don't understand yeah. that unless you want to spend hundreds of dollars a month, there's no point. Yeah, this game is super pay to to play these days. Like, You really have to mm-hmm. spend money if you want to. Um, I'm trying not to. I was tempted today, Tuffy. Because so on the website, they had a deal for 20 bucks. Uh, they'll give you a bunch of crap. And then they also give you one of them emerald tokens, you know. And I, I'm one emerald yeah. token away from both of my Oscars. I just need – so uh, I was tempted. But I'm like, oh, they'd give me a token I don't need. You know, they'd give me something. Yeah, it's a, it's a one in six chance you're going to get the one you need. And uh, I don't know. I mean, well, last month worked out for me. They had that Hulkamania contest, and I got like 20 of those tokens out of that thing, so – yeah, not me. Me. Um, but uh, I don't know. One day I'll get my Oscars up there. Um, yeah. What else, Jank? Anything else with you? Uh no, no. Just been rewatching Lost. About halfway through yeah. season five at this point. <laughs> hey, how about that Evangelion? I feel like I was giving right? some guff uh, a couple weeks ago for rewatching Game now. of Thrones. <laughs> and here's Jank rewatching Lost. Yeah, but he's already watched Twin Peaks, so he's okay. Yeah. That's true. Once you watch Twin Peaks, you can watch whatever the fuck you want, Tommy. Do whatever you want. And you I watched watch Columbo. Yeah. I'm covering all my bases. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very busy, you know? Yeah. Like, this busy. weekend, I got <laughs> Formula One's on at, like, midnight tomorrow. I don't know. Formula One. Then NASCAR's on Saturday, Sunday afternoon, you know. Yikes. No time for Twin Peaks. <laughs> you never know which direction they're going to drive. Probably the same one, but you don't know until you tune in. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I did look up that Barbarian Queen. Um, yeah. The star of the movie is the lady Phil Spector murdered, apparently. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because I just saw Pamela, right. she's she was Foxy, whoever she is. In the, oh. Yeah, that's the lady that uh, Bill Spector murdered. Well, that puts a damper on it. Do we still want to watch it? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> For kind Don Dunlap, yes. <laughs> Knowing that the main lady was murdered by Phil Spector, I don't know. That's kind of sad, but all right, I guess. I don't know. Um. I mean, she could have been. Sorry, I looked her up on IMDb and saw that she died. I looked her up to see, like, oh, what is this? She's still acting, whatever. And I saw she died when she was 40. And I was like, huh, I wonder what the circumstances were. Murdered by Phil Spector. (laughs) (laughs) That's not good at all. (laughs) Man. All right. The odds of that aren't great. It's like, how many people did he murder? Just the one? And (laughs) and she happened to be. Yeah, just the one that I know of. (laughs) Yeah. I guess we will pay tribute to her uh, next week then with Barbarian Queen. Um, yeah, we'll all pour out a 40 for her. Yeah. All right. Um, flea Market Fantasy uh, up there now is something that I chose. Uh, Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Yeah. And then uh, next week we just recorded with Cousin Brandon, and he picked Magic. The limited series with Ilyana and Storm. Storm and Ilyana. Wow, was that yeah. not good? 
but uh, that's something. That <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember being great. A lot of it was filler. At least you read issue four, right? Which is at least where it kind of comes to a conclusion. Yeah, that was just kind of random shit talking. happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then next week, uh, there's talk that cousin Brandon might be returning for two weeks in a row because uh, we're going to be doing DP seven. DP seven. <laughs> yeah, no, that, boy. Did he ever finish his music list? No, I forgot to ask him about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can forget again. You'll get That's fine. Chance. I was <laughs> wondering. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm very excited about that show. Yeah, Brandon was intrigued by DP7, so uh, he might be coming back. <laughs> well, with a name uh, like that, who wouldn't be? Yeah, I think he's – well, I, I try to make it clear that DP does not stand for what he thinks it stands for. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> he's – He'll be coming back for that. Um, so otherwise, I guess that's it. Uh, I never heard back from that girl who's going to be on Big Brother Canada. I think it's pretty safe to say she thought better of it, and she is not coming yeah. on the show. <laughs> that was, that's smart on her part. So <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm not going to. I don't blame her in any way, and I'm not going to chase her down. I mean, you know, if you want to be on the show, just let me know. But I'm not going to, because I understand why you would not want to be on the show. So I feel terrible about yeah. asking people to be on the show. So I'm not going to do it. Um, but uh, to her, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to book guests, but there's just no one I want to talk to. Sorry. I just don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> no. Can't think. Yeah. In the old days, I used to get excited. Hey, let's talk to this person. Let's talk to that. I don't want to talk to anybody. Well, you pick, pick a rally on again or something. I, I guess. I yeah. Guess. I pick uh, Belsky, Pat, do you have a new book coming out or something? Uh, yeah, I don't know. One don't of these know. days? Uh, but a lot of people don't know this about Pat, but he loves Batman. Pat loves Ooh. Batman. Yeah, we could talk about Batman with Pat. Uh, uh, we'll review we Detective Game Comics 600. Yeah. <laughs> Detective Comics 600. <laughs> I don't think Pat watches Game of Thrones. Uh, but Pat did tell me uh, there's a uh, – I guess on Apple there's a podcast. That they did like a radio show of Batman uh, – uh, Halloween killer or whatever that thing that was. Remember that? Story? Long Halloween. Long Halloween. Uh, there's like a live action radio play of Batman on it. He told me to listen to that. I started it and then I was like, ah, it's still Batman. Fuck it. So I stopped it. <laughs> Son Maybe of a I'll, bitch. <laughs> Maybe I'll try it. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, that was a good yeah. Batman mystery. Like, if a Batman was anything like that, that would be cool. But at least that one has different villains popping up and, you know, different signposts along the way. Like each issue was, you know, different things were happening, unlike this movie where just nothing happened. <laughs> and uh, in the end, the villain was the Great Pumpkin, right? Is that who it was? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it murdered Charlie Brown. And Yeah. So that's uh, Batman. You can go check that out if you want. But otherwise, uh, I guess we're done. Um, so it's tough Thanks to uh, Vince McMahon. And how. And uh, I guess until next time, uh, we're going to go back to the old one. Until next time, uh, pass the gin, Governor Gabby. Ooh. All right. (laughs) I like it. She means happiness. Whatever. (laughs) 